0: You're listening to Astroscope, astrology podcast by Mark Lerner and Great Bear Enterprises. This podcast is sponsored by Buzzword Consulting and
1: ForFame.com.
2: Welcome, everyone. It is Sunday, November 13, 2022, and after offering podcast 103 on the astrology of the total lunar eclipse and full moon on November 8, 2022, in your birth chart, part one we now present The Astro-Psychology of Life in the Great Beyond, Part 1. This new podcast where Mark Lerner is having a discussion with medium and Reiki healer Debbie is focused on what we might call our soul, spiritual existence, life after death and life before birth, as well as everything associated with mediumship, psychic healing, reincarnation, dreams, lucid dreaming, astral projection, guardian angels, David is the power of your thoughts and intuitive flashes, omens, good luck, and fortune versus bad luck fortune, the fine art of letting go from earthly attachments, working with talismans, photographs, jewelry, crystals, and key zodiacal signs and celestial bodies associated with being psychic, special astrological times, cosmic cycles, in your birth chart. In order to discover more about who you are on deeper and higher levels of reality. Several charts are provided, including those of Edgar Cayce, Rudolf Steiner, and Alta Bailey. And overall, this is podcast number 104, offered to the public since May of 2019. So are you there, Debbie? How's it going? I am.
0: It's going well. How are you?
2: Okay, fine. And uh, I just want to say for everybody listening, this is uh, the, the second start. of our sharing. And what just happened was weird kind of piercing sounds almost sounded to me as if they were kind of uh, high-pitched sounds, you know, electronic that I was hearing. And then Debbie also said she was hearing. So it could be interference on the phone lines. It could be electrical things. And it could be something else. So we don't know what it is. And we'll see. Hopefully it won't interrupt this particular sharing. But what I want to do is I want to Give a little intro here and then i'll 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 toss it over to debbie to share about some of the events in her life how she developed her skills or how she found that she had these different skills and abilities so i'll start everything off and before doing that right now in the pacific northwest where i am what's interesting is maybe this is part of the reason we have to start we, we had a few minutes ago the sign Aries, a fire sign rising, and right now Taurus is rising, which is an earth sign, which has a lot to do with how we actually become grounded, take all of these visions and inspirations and dreams and intuitions and make them into our physical reality, hopefully for the highest good. So Taurus is now rising, and what I had said in the previous time we were attempting to record is we've got the sun. Mercury and Venus in the sign Scorpio, which is a water sign called a fixed water sign. The moon is in its home sign of Cancer, the most psychic sign, according to most astrological researchers over the decades, if not over the millennia, that the sign Cancer, both for sun signs and moon signs and having many planets, is very psychic. And the moon is approaching its monthly conjunction with an asteroid called Pallas Athena which I work with a whole lot. The four main asteroids, um, my, one of my teachers, Eleanor Bach, back in 1973 when I got into all of this, she brought out the first asteroid ephemeris in hard hardcover of Ceres, Pallas Athena, Juno, and Vesta, and these are the four main little planets between Mars and Jupiter. Now there are hundreds of them, but they have a lot to do with the feminine energy, and I've been working that in my entire 50 years doing astrology. So we've got the moon approaching Pallas Athena, and she is the goddess of knowledge and wisdom, as well as problem solving, strategizing, and so many other things like chess masters, people who are good with cards, even board games, people into DNA, genetic research, um, engineering, and all kinds of things are connected to Pallas Athena. So there's a very high energy happening right now, and it's what we call actually a grand trine in water signs because over in the last sign, Pisces of the Zodiac, is called a mutable water sign. We've got Juno and Neptune and Jupiter, which traditionally ruled two signs, Sagittarius, Fire Sign, and Pisces. This is what we call a grand trine or a grand triangle, and they're all in these psychic energy signs. So we'll talk a little bit more about this in a bit, Debbie. And let me just – I'm going to just share – with the folks out there about some of the stuff in my life, you know, why we're even doing this today and my psychic experiences, although I don't ever call myself a psychic in that traditional way. And I did do a podcast in my astroscope section at GreatBearEnterprises.com. That's where you'll find the three charts, by the way, in folder 104 on Rudolf Steiner, Edgar Cayce, and Alice A. Bailey. They were all, in one way or another, channels for extraordinarily high levels of teaching. And I may bring up more about, uh, many of you know about Edgar Cayce, uh, the ARE, the Association of Research and Enlightenment, which is off Virginia Beach. And Alice A. Bailey was the channel for 30 years for her teacher known as the Tibetan Master DK. And I worked at that center called Lucis Trust and Lucis Publishing in New York City before I went to the Finhorn community uh, in Scotland, in 1970s. And Rudolf Steiner, the first book I ever got, Debbie and everybody out there, was called uh, Knowledge of the Higher World and How to Attain It by Rudolf Steiner, who was an Austrian, incredible psychic theor, uh who lived in the latter part of the 1800s. I think he passed around 1923, 24. And by the way, I have daughters. They went to what's called the Waldorf School, and that's part of an unusual educational system in the United States and around the world. And so... Literally, uh, my kids wound up getting what was called, fortunately, a Waldorf school education, which, which kind of emphasized the arts, you know, art and music more than other kinds of learning. Um, th- let me just bring up a couple of things in my own life. I have been experiencing, and particularly the last couple of years, I will say I'm a Sign Pisces and for the first time ever because of the slow-moving energy of, of an outer planet called Neptune, which is... Probably of all the planets, uh, the most psychic, uh, if we use that term in general, psychic in the sense of otherworldly, parallel universes, visions, dreams, the great beyond. Uh, If Neptune is very, very strong in a person's chart, depending on its sign and aspects or alignments to the moon, the sun, Venus, Mercury, and other planets, then a person's going to have I would say more than the average of psychic abilities in whichever way it works out. Okay, and uh, I know you, Debbie. I mean, we go back a long time. You obviously, and in terms of your work, and in terms of what I know, you know, astrologically, you have a lot of these energies, the water energies, which I also have, and the Neptune energies. So we're sort of comrades here, you know, kind of brother sister, tuned in to. to <laughs> To the great beyond and our sharings i do want to say to everyone when i do my astrology consultations which are on my website and in, in the astrology shop i try and do everything to solve people's problems you know using birth chart transits progressions and so on and a lot of times in the readings that i do people just say oh uh, you know somebody told me my saturn is moving here you know can you tell me more about that or very often the question is well when will that be over i want to you know have a happier life, and this has been kind of difficult. When will it be over? So very often the, the astrology questions I'm asked are very specific, right? You know, this, they've heard of this planet or they, somebody knows more about their chart, or they may be a fairly experienced, you know, astrological student or even astrologer, and they're looking for extra guidance. But sometimes, particularly when you and I share, I might share about a dream or I will share a metaphor, like imagine you're doing this or that, or see the reality of what you're experiencing and make believe it's a dream. Because when you have a profound dream, you wake up and you think, well, what does that dream mean? But when we have reality, when things are just happening, we often don't unfortunately ask the question, what does it mean? We should always be asking for whatever the reality is, what does that mean? Just like we'd wake up from a dream and know, wow, that was a dream or a nightmare but what does it mean? What am I supposed to learn from that? Okay. I'll tell you what, instead of my doing the rest of my stuff, I'm going to turn it over to you and then I'll go back and talk about some of these movies and other things in my life and some quotations and other things. So, so let me turn it over to you to share with everybody how you sort of got into all this or discovered your abilities. Okay.
0: Um, Well, I think I've, uh, as far as I can remember, I've, when I was younger, I would always have just, like, these weird little intuitive things, little strange things happen to me. Um, like, I remember, too, once when I was uh, three years old, I was being really naughty, and uh, I remember um, I was supposed to go someplace with my father, and I didn't want to go. So I, mm-hmm. I wanted to pretend that I was sick. So I remember my brother, oh, she's not sick. She's not sick. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm sick. So I ran into the room and pretended I was sick. And it was funny because it was like spirit knew I was lying. (laughs) Because all of a sudden I went and I laid in my room and I felt a tap on my shoulder, like a scolding tap. I looked up. There was nobody there. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just seeing things I Put my head under the blankets, and all of a sudden I felt that tap again, kind of like scolding, like "You get up now." I, I right. picked up the blankets. There was nobody there. After the third time, I'm like, "Yeah, maybe I should leave."
2: <laughs> but well, well, yeah, so it, that, that was your first experience. You were about
0: three, yeah. I was about three. Right, right, right. So, so from then on. Going yeah that that just kind of got me going, but then it started you know just a bunch of little things, but then i I do remember it got even stronger when I was in grade school uh like I remember there was one time when I was crossing the street, and uh I wasn't watching where I was going, and it was a really busy street and all of a sudden I felt some as i was went to go run across the street, I felt somebody put their hand on my shoulder. And it stopped me from running. And I turned around to look to see who who did that. There was nobody there. And the second that I yeah. stopped, a car went whizzing by at about maybe 40 to 50 miles an hour. <laughs> and literally just by, missed me by a hair. So, and, you know. And, and then after, shortly after that, I started, I remember it, it all started becoming even more so when I started interpreting my dreams, I got interested in that. So I started interpreting, okay, well, when you dream of basements, it means subconscious. When you dream of this, it means that. So I I remember when I started interpreting them, I started noticing my dreams were coming true. They were being, they were foretelling something that was going to happen. I'm like, okay, this is kind of getting too spooky. So I stopped uh, interpreting my dreams then. All of a sudden, the universe was like, all right, well, if you're not going to interpret anymore, we're going to give you the literal meaning. So all of a sudden, then that's when my dream started, like, full force, like, okay, you know, training wheels are off. uh, Here it comes. (laughs)
2: Let me me throw something at you and then pick up the thread again. Just so that folks out there, Debbie and I are very in sync when we do these, uh, what we normally have as discussions over the course of, like, the last 18 years. So... Debbie didn't know this necessarily about me, but I got into astrology 50 years ago. But before I did, I just mentioned before Rudolf Steiner, uh, Knowledge of the Higher World and How to Attain It, and many of his other books, Egyptian Myths and Mysteries. I got into Tarot before astrology. I was into metaphysics. I was into reincarnation. But what, what tipped the scales was exactly what Debbie just said. I was having nightmares for various reasons. I had just graduated from college. I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. And I wasn't sleeping very well. Started having nightmares, couldn't fall asleep. And suddenly it was like this idea. You know how uh, with emojis and so on, if you write the, the word idea, a light bulb will show up. If, you, if people do emojis, yeah. it was like a yeah. light bulb went on. And I thought one night, wait a minute, I'm remembering nightmares. What if I turn this around I could remember dreams. I could turn this around. It was like a kind of like amazing thing. And I found a book based on the Edgar Cayce teachings called Dreams, Your Magic Mirror by a woman named Elsie with the amazing last name Sechrist, like S-E and then the word Christ. That's one word. I still have that book. And that was the same thing like you just said, like a basement as a subconscious. It gave all of these things. I kept a dream notebook for five years, Debbie and everybody, every day. I learned about rapid eye movement. I wrote everything down. If I I went to sleep and I got up after three or four hours, I would go to my desk and write that out, go back to sleep. And I did this religiously, you know, for five years until eventually I went to Scotland, met somebody, baby came into the life and then suddenly it's like I'm not remembering dreams cuz two babies come into your life and you're taking care of little babies and so on. However, right, yeah. The dreams also I was just, I didn't know astrology. In many of these dreams I was in the solar system, like Saturn, Jupiter. What am I doing out here? You know, what is what is this all about? It was fascinating cuz I was into astronomy and telescopes and space travel and UFOs, Atlantis, pyramids and all that as a little kid watching movies and so on. So I was already into all of that stuff but no astrology. And then that led to astrology when I was 22, just past my 22nd birthday. And, I, and part of that, which I described in uh, my 47 years as a psychic astrologer, I had an out-of-the-body experience where I could see my body on, on the bed and I was literally having this otherworldly experience of myself as part of what I call my guardian angel and completely changed my life. And it's now 50, 50 years ago that that happened. And and the other weird thing about it, and then I'll throw it back to you about dreams and, and how you develop more mediumship and Reiki and and so on, is that the weird thing about having this out-of-body experience 50 years ago, the actual vision made it feel like, like right now I look back 50 years ago, why did it happen? But it's also simultaneously my higher and, and future destiny because the, the vision was of merging or my being a part of this guardian angel who was my feminine counterpart, like what I would call kind of twin soul or my soul essence, but feminine rather than masculine. And it was a beautiful vision of a, of an angelic figure that looked like me, but was female. And the other thing was you go back to ancient Egypt. You hear about, um, uh, Uh, Osiris, Isis, and Horus, that was their trinity. So there was a whole sort of cult of Isis who was kind of this divine feminine figure. And in my vision, this figure that I merged into or I came out of and so on was wearing what I called or what I saw of a veil of stars. But when I wrote it down and when I experienced it, it wasn't as if it was a veil sort of of stars. It was a veil of actual stars. And you and I had a discussion earlier, and I won't go into all the details, yeah. about the reality of what is on the other side. And I would love for us to get to that after you share more, you know, like your experiences of like, who's on the other side? What are they really doing as far as your experiences? Because I think this will be illuminating for a lot of people. So I turn it back to you and and your dreams and, and, and how everything else developed. I'm sorry to interject, but I just wanted to... Oh, no, three that's three great. Three, ...about dreams. Yeah, three. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Right, your
1: right.
0: Okay. Yeah, so yeah, so I believe just kind of like what you said, I I never realized but but I guess uh writing down your dreams and interpreting them and paying close attention to them that does do something and I had no idea. You know, it just all came to me in that particular way. You know, I would I would notice that I was having actual real dreams and sometimes within the dreams it would only not only tell me of things, interp- you know, interpreting things that could possibly that was going to happen, but I was actually seeing actual events happening before they happened. Like I right. had a uh, a friend whose uh, husband had cancer and was dying of cancer. Then uh, two weeks before uh, her husband had passed, all of a sudden I saw myself in a room as he passed. And I saw the room, what was on, t- the TV was on. I saw what was on TV. I saw his family mm-hmm. members and everything. And then two weeks later, I, I went to the, he was admitted into hospice and then he died two days later into hospice. And, um uh, when I, I was actually there when it happened and everything was exactly as it happened. Uh, even when my daughter, uh, I saw her four years before she was actually born. Oh, wow. And the only difference, which was kind of strange, was that in my dream, she had black hair. And (laughs) when she was born, she was born a strawberry blonde. Other than that, she was was identical in my dream.
2: Maybe the coloring four years earlier wasn't decided yet. You know, it's kind of like... Maybe, I wonder. The absence of color. Black is the absence of color. So it's not that you didn't know what the color was. It was kind of almost like a humorous thing from the other side. We're, we're going to give you a surprise. Black <laughs> is not a color, right? It wasn't. I, I had not thought
1: of that. <laughs> that's, By the way, I did tell you. You know, yeah, this
2: may you know I, I was telling Debbie, uh, folks, earlier that each of the topics that I mentioned—dreams, angels. If I'm not careful, if Debbie's not careful, the next like 15 podcasts <laughs> will be on each, each of these <laughs> podcasts because this is where Debbie and I go with these discussions. Well, let me just mention briefly because you're bringing up so many things. And by the way, this is how all of our lives work. You talk to a friend, somebody who has different abilities than yourself. They may be more psychic, they may be less. Maybe you're more psychic than they are. They are. As you said earlier, so many people will say, you believe in all that crap? It's like, you know, and I've had this in my 50 years. Like, you really believe in astrology? And I have to say, look, it's, there's science to it. There's math to it. This is incredible work. As Isaac Newton said to Edmund Haley, sir, I have studied the subject and you have not. Sir Isaac Newton, the greatest scientist before Einstein, was actually an astrologer. So was Galileo. So was Kepler. So was Copernicus. That was from the first astrology book I ever read, the, astro- uh, the Astrology of Space Age Science, okay, by this guy Joseph Goodavich. But back to one other thing, and we'll go on from these psychic dreams. I had a number of precognitive dreams during that time, and I was learning astrology. One of the most profound was my I had to find the birth times of my parents. They weren't on any birth certificate. They were born in 1915, 1919. And in astrology, you really want to have from a birth certificate or a record or some kind of baby book when was the person born. Well, 1915 with my dad, 1919, I got the birth certificate, but it didn't say anything, right? So I, my grandmother on my mother, on my father's side, my grandfather had passed before I was born. My grandmother, who had three children, my dad, who was the middle one, my his older brother and aunt. She was hard of hearing, and she was a Pisces son like myself. And I went to my grandma. I said, "Grandma, Dave, my you're second born," you know. And she's nodding. And I said, "Do you remember what time Dave was born? Can you try and remember?" You know what I mean? There she is, like you know, in her eighties, whatever. And she finally said something about 4.30 in the morning, and I worked with that chart. Now, here's the other thing, Debbie. You're not going to believe this. And everybody, this is the most amazing psychic dream experience I ever had. Okay, my father was a doctor. I Now I want to find out my mother's birth time. Her birth time was not listed. She was born early 1919. I asked my grandmother, my mom's mother, you know, I don't remember if my they were all into it. I just said, do you remember when mom was born? you know, and she had two kids and she said, I think it was around the middle of the afternoon. Okay. That's all she told me. She's not on birth certificate. So get this, you're going to, this is a real wow with an exclamation point, like OMG, right? Uh I go to sleep, I go to sleep and I have this dream that there's a knock on the door and my dad opens the front door. We lived in a fairly large house, usually by the side door, but this was at the front door. This is in the dream. And right. a person asks, says, someone's died. I don't hear the conversation, and hands my dad a piece of paper that he has to sign a death certificate for, for this person. And he signs the thing. And, um, I, in the dream, In the dream, I suddenly go from the top of the stairs where my room is, and I'm walking down, this is in the dream, and I see my dad standing at the door signing something. And then suddenly, this is right the, the, the night after I asked my grandmother, you see, and then I see not only my mom's birth certificate and her birth time on this piece of paper, which has nothing to do with the event of whoever died in the community where my dad has to sign a death certificate for somebody. And it shows my mother, my mother's birth time. It's all in kind of calligraphy ink kind of thing, as if this was like a scroll, like ancient Egypt or something. And then it shows also, which I – which when I woke up was scared, it showed when my mom died along, in, along with her death time. Now, this was one, this is 1971, 72, and my mom actually just passed in 2017, okay? Oh, what? Uh-huh. So, so I wake up and I write this whole thing down, right? Interesting. It's so profound. Guess what happens? There's a knock on, this is in reality. There's a knock on the front door. It's like a, a weekend. That was what was weird. My dad was not always at home. He's home. It's like a Sunday morning. He goes to the door, and someone has died in the community, and he has to sign the death certificate. And I never told him this. It was too wild and weird, but I realized wow. I've just been given my mother's birth time and maybe death time. This was so literal. So, and I've had other dreams, but this is the most profound. The other thing that happened when I was 22, which started Bullet Rolling, was a kind of out-of-the-body experience, and that was captured from a higher level. It wasn't like writing down a dream. It was just recording right. the, the out of the body. So you, you just awakened me to share that with everybody. And, folks, please listen to Debbie's experiences and our back and forth and what we share the next time, because I've never done this kind of – sharing, and I've been very tuned in. One of the things we do want to talk about, and I'll bring this up later, is things like feeling chilled or thoughts, or as you can describe this, like you get a thought of something. People want to know, is it a voice? Do you see something? You know, they're all different ways. Dreams, Right. Uh, as I just shared, this extraordinary precognitive thing. I would love a psychologist to explain to me, and I'm sure, you know, I was looking <laughs> jokingly, it's like, you tell me how that even happened? What I just described, based on regular reality, there's no way that that's regular reality. And guess what? All of us have had this: good fortune, omens, dreams, visions. What Debbie is talking about. So, back to you. I just, you know, you just turned me on to that thing. Go ahead.
0: Right now, that's a lot of interesting, great stuff. You know, you know, I definitely want to kind of pick up too, like what you were just talking about about when it comes to the mediumship, the intuitive stuff. I consider myself more intuitive Mm -hmm. and it's funny because uh, it's kind of like what you had said before uh, where, you know, when people think of psychics and everything else, they, you know, they they think of people wearing turbans and looking at crystal (laughs) balls and, you know, and hokey stuff. And there's a lot of people that don't believe that, you know, there's such a thing that people do have these abilities. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I kind of welcome those people who are not believers, and the right. reason for for that, I think those people are very important uh mm-hmm. and the reason why is it's because it's kind of like they offer a checks and balances in the universe, right. because if everybody believed everything, everybody would say look look how we're dealing with stuff now in the world." <laughs> You right. can't believe every, you can't believe everything everybody says because not everybody is truthful and not everybody yeah. is telling you information that's correct whether it's you know intentionally or unintentionally so you know it's that's why it's I I yeah. really appreciate and I like skeptics yeah. healthy skeptics right. of course you know because you know you with everything you have to have you know take everything with a grain of salt. You know, yep. because, again, you know, like, for instance, what happened with us today when we were trying to record, you know, we kept, yep. you know, things kept stopping us from from uh, recording. You know, it, it we could have taken that one of two different ways. Okay, it could have been like, okay, well, the universe and, you know, spirits, they don't want us to talk or whatever have you. Or we can look at it logically and pragmatically like, well, you know what, maybe because I just got a new phone and it could possibly be that there's something wrong with my phone.
2: You know, so we we changed from Aries rising to Taurus rising, which may have also been to ground the energy because Taurus is Earth. Go ahead. There you go.
0: Yeah. So all of these little things could have, you know, an effect on it. So that's why it's, you know, it's always important to keep yourself grounded and to, you know, have everything kind of like the yin and the yang symbol, you know, where, you know, keep, you know, keep a healthy you know attitude when it yeah. comes to being skepticism but then also know that yeah there there are other things out there as well but then always stay in the middle road don't be mm-hmm. 100% in one don't be 100% in the other being you know you know working in the middle 50/50 is a healthy way Right.
2: you know by and then, the way one, yeah go ahead yeah no no please go ahead well, what it's going to bring up is things, and I didn't mention this, folks, in the introduction, dolphins as an example. this Dolphins changed my life. Um, dolphins, if you start studying, and one of the things that's fascinating, getting into oceanic life that I never knew, but when I took one of my loved ones to Hawaii, she got me this great book. And in the first page of the book, it's all about, you know, sharks and whales and, you know, fish. I learned the first thing, which was really crucial. Any fish, when you think of just catching a fish or seeing fish or a shark, if they have a vertical fin, that's a cold-blooded creature. Their blood is cold. But whales and dolphins and of those kind of species, blue whales, giant whales, you know, different uh, types of dolphins, they have a horizontal fin. They're warm-blooded, not cold-blooded. So the whole key in the fishing world or of anything that's swimming in the ocean, if they have a horizontal fin, they're warm-blooded. And being warm-blooded, they're mammals. Therefore, everything that we've heard about, the intelligence, the songs of dolphins and whales and this incredible stuff and movies and stories and so on, uh, went to, in 1994, I want to bring up, by the way, another thing. Many of you may remember the movie It Could Be You about um, I don't know if you remember this in 1994 about winning a lottery in New York and it had Nicolas Cage and Bridget Fonda about winning this lottery. And oh, right. The, the, the movie star, Rosie Perez, there were these numbers, okay, that she kept telling her husband at that point in the movie, Nicolas Cage. I'm going to spoil it for all of you if you never saw it, but it's back uh, 28 years ago. It's one of my favorite movies. Plus, it takes place in New York and I'm from New York. But what was amazing is that he, uh, Nicolas Cage winds up winning the lottery, but not on the exact numbers that the wife, Rosie Perez, gave. It had to do with their anniversary. And supposedly he put in like 26 instead of 25, and she was really angry. But then the right his number, the mistaken number, came up. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing this part of it up, later on they go through a divorce, or they're going through a divorce, and there's a trial. And then she says, my father gave the numbers to me in a dream to hand over to my husband so that she wanted to claim the money in the (sighs) divorce settlement because it was her father. And even though the the numbers were wrong, it came from the father. So it sort of was more powerful, you know, even though Nicolas Cage was saying, hey, that wasn't our anniversary. And she kept on saying, the numbers came to me in a dream. And then in the movie, they put in the daily news and they say – you know, whatever her name was, lottery numbers came from dead father. This was like on the front (laughs) of the newspaper in the dream. And I'm just trying to share folks with, they made this into a fantastic movie that was fun and exciting. It could be you. That was in 1994. And that's when I went to Hawaii with my loved one. And we went there because there was a conference on dolphins. So this whole idea of other intelligence, on the planet, equal or in some cases beyond the human,
1: right? Yeah. At any
2: rate, I just wanted to bring up dolphins and other levels of intelligence. Interesting. And see, we're both water science, so I just wanted to share that.
0: Oh, that's yes. Yeah. There
1: you go. That too. <laughs> can you t- can
2: you share about like um, we can get into this about how you actually experience this because so many people, you know. There's so many controversies, and I was going to bring this up, you know, there's so many TV shows and drama shows uh, where, like, in the court ones, and the law things, well, we're going to get this person off, they did a terrible act, maybe they hurt somebody, or even worse, and they're, they're being tried, and the, the defense counsel is trying to say, well, they weren't in their right mind, they heard a voice, it wasn't who they really are in order to get them a lesser sentence, right, they weren't right. in their right sense of thinking process and then the jury and the judge have to say well what was true like you just brought up truth um i happen to grow up reading the world almanac with statistics particularly with sports and so on so when debbie when you just said this has been so crucial the last so many years where people sometimes say something like here are our set of facts well, facts ought to be facts. Like math is still 2 plus 2 equals 4. It's not 5 if you believe that, if you want to say, well, <laughs> it's not really 4 because it's mathematics. And astrology is really sun, moon, planet, 12 times all these different alignments, trines of 120 degrees, oppositions of 180, and so on. It, there's all this geometry that's based on mathematics. And that's the beauty of astrology. You might not call it a science, you know where if you reproduce, you know, all these events, like in physics, it, we can't reproduce everything in astrology because time goes on, planets keep moving. But the system by which we use it is mathematical. It's geometry. It's like applied geometry in a cosmic sense. But how do you pick up? Is it is it a voice? Is it a vision? Is it a thought? Can you describe what happens for you?
0: Yeah, yeah. People People ask me this often. And you know from what i I remember hearing you know a lot of people get these you know their these signs these the different you know methods it's it's different for everybody um right. but I know for me myself it comes in different ways it comes uh sometimes as just a knowing. Just like, you know, you, you just know, you know, the person that, you know, that is your mother. You just know that that's your mother. You know, no matter okay. what, anyone could say, nope, that's my mother. You just, you just know. You, you know without, without knowing okay. why you know something. You just know okay. it as a fact. Um, other times, people will say, you'll, they'll see things in their mind's eye. I used to always think, okay. like, what in the world does that even mean? But apparently, your mind's eye is your memory. So sometimes you'll see things like, and I see this often, like when I'm, uh, you know, speaking to somebody and they're, you know, the spirit of a loved one comes through, and I'll see them in my mind's eye. Basically, it's like I'm seeing them as a memory, and in my head, like a vision of them in my head, I could see them. I won't be able to hear them, but right. I could, I can sense their thoughts. There, it'll be like a thought that comes in, like, have you ever been to a grocery store and you're shopping and then all of a sudden you remember like at the last second, oh, don't forget yeah. to buy uh, aspirin yeah. or
1: don't,
0: don't forget the bread. It's exactly like that. It'll be a thought that's not your own, something you're not thinking that'll just pop yeah. into your head. And that's how it comes for me and that's how I know, you know, know that it's not mine. That's why whenever I do read for people, it's really important for me that they don't give me any information, oh, that they oh, don't okay. tell me anything because the more information they provide to me, I won't be able to disseminate okay, what is my own thoughts yeah. and my own creative processes and what is actual message and actual things coming in from spirit.
2: So so let me ask you this. Okay, I worked at the uh, Alice Bailey Lucis Trust. I I ran what was called, I was editor of the Beacon Magazine in Michigan State University. I fortunately became an editor. I walked into the offices of, at that point, the best college newspaper. Sorry, folks, but it's true. We had all these plaques on the wall. This is like 1967, 68, 69, 70. It goes back a long time. And I just walked in there and I said, I had never even had any experience in journalism in high school. But I walked in there, and they and they looked at me, and they said, well, somebody just left as an editorial assistant. Do you think you could do that? I got a job right off the bat. I was even paid eventually $35 a week. When I was in college, I was an 18, 19, 20-year-old. The reason I bring this up is I graduated, didn't know what I wanted to do. This is right before I got into astrology, as I shared earlier. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was having those nightmares and so on turned into dreams. But what happened was is that I got a job. Unfortunately. And by the way, folks, it was exactly when Jupiter, which has a 12 year cycle, was crossing my son in Pisces. And I got a letter from this uh, organization, Lucis Trust Publishing. And I'd gone to full moon meetings that had been happening. And sort of, I didn't know anything about, uh, well, I was actually into astrology at this point, but I wasn't into it heavily. So there were these full moon meetings in New York City. I was attending those, but I needed to work. Anyway, I get a letter the day before Jupiter's on my son. And I go in, I knew I'd get the interview. At any rate, that started the whole process um, of my working at what's called Loser's Trust. Now, uh, Alice A. Bailey was a woman from England who then had a spiritual teacher. Her, his name was the Tibetan master Dwal Kuhl, who, uh, who had also had a 30-year cycle with a, a woman named Helena Blavatsky in what's called the Theosophical Society back in the 1800s. a lot of people out there have heard of these people, but I actually worked at the Center in New York City. What I wanted to say was all these books, Esoteric Healing, Esoteric Astrology, two dozen books, they all talk about the third eye, which you just mentioned, which is all I just wanted to sort of bring this down to earth because obviously, Debbie, this is important. And I'm not going to give away a whole lot, but but Debbie does have Taurus. And remember in in your chart, um, there are planets there. And I just told everyone Taurus is rising. Taurus, this first earth sign, its esoteric keynote is I I see and when the eye is open, all is light. This relates back to the Buddha energy, not so much Jesus energy, which is more of universal love, but the Buddha energy, he preceded Jesus in terms of 500 years going back to India and that part of the world. And so in the spiritual literature, there's this whole gigantic section after section of opening the Ajna or third eye center, which is considered a higher center than what's called the throat or the the throat chakra, which is below that. So you've got a head chakra. There's seven main chakras, as many of you know. And what I'd like to also get into is your work with jewelry and crystals and other things because so many people with color therapy and um, crystal energy and how we can bring this into tangible things To sort out, you know, not so much like, okay, what stone to use or, you know, what color. We're not going to do that today, folks. Maybe at some point in the future we'll we'll get specific. But because I know you also are so fond of and as part of your work love making jewelry and part of that world as well as uh, one of my daughters. It's all very profound. And the third eye that you're talking about, opening that, is all this literature about lotuses and like who we are on inner levels? If you, many of you have studied chakras and you know, Eastern teachings, and we see these pictures of how we really are on like an inner level. You know, we don't look like the same, have the same physical forms. We're more energy and spirit, you know, like I described my guardian angels, sort of like somehow we're energy beings first, right? And we, we have that before we're born and after we die and every day. We're still part of that celestial, you know, vibration of who we are, whether we're asleep or awake or in between. So there you go. And you know, I just wanted to share about these specifics of what you're talking about with the third eye.
0: Right, right. You know, that's that's interesting, too, that you, you talk about that, too, because one of the things, actually, I also wanted to bring up was about being intuitive, and how? remember how you said that, well, you you don't see yourself as psychic as mm-hmm. in the right. traditional sense. I myself personally believe, and I think there's other people who also believe this as well, that everybody is intuitive to a degree.
1: Right.
0: And the way I see it is that we're all intuitive, but we all have different gifts. And we're all given different gifts because obviously, you know, it's, you know, you put all your gifts together and you know they can all serve a, a, a general purpose, uh, just like uh, you know the fact that we all can't be doctors. If we're mm-hmm. if we're all doctors, then who's going to be the uh, the mechanics <laughs> to fix the cars, to build the cars, right. the engineers right. to create the houses and all that other stuff? So that's right. the reason why we're all given different gifts, different types of intuitive yeah. abilities, and some people just don't realize, you know, oh well, you know this thought that I get in these dreams and everything else that's part of your intuition and which is kind of I guess one of the reasons why we're we're doing this is just so then people will have an understanding and know well this happens to pretty much everybody so if you ever experience this then you know it's it's not unusual and it's actually something very common amongst everybody Can can you? uh, yeah go
1: ahead
0: Oh, the other thing that I was going to also say, too, is the one thing that I've noticed about me, the older I get, the more intuitive I get. But then Mm -hmm. also the kind of the funny thing is that wherever I am, I, you know, especially when I'm out selling my jewelry, because I I make like the healing, you know, type of, you know, jewelry and stuff like that. I put together gemstones and stuff for specific purposes. And uh, and it's funny because my jewelry usually draws people in because I also make it with a lot of like, you know, the positive energies. And then, and then, you know, I imbue it with the Reiki energy as well. And it draws people to whoever needs it. And one of the things, you know, it's kind of funny because it's like, I've always noticed that, that intuitive people kind of like comes with like, so like attracts like, I should say. And no matter where I am, I will bump into people who are intuitive as well. And, you know, and it's funny because it's like when when I'm around these people, they say the same thing. Their intuitive stuff, for some reason, we get extra charged. I don't know if it's just like combining the two, you know, energies together and all of a sudden we just become even more intuitive. So it's, you know.
2: Well, yes. I, I want, yeah, and I, I want you to bring up pretty soon some experiences you briefly mentioned in an earlier phone call, you know, about a friend and the police officer and the number 17, because, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of people hear about psychics, you know, and I'm not, you know, I mean, Debbie and I are close, so this is the reality. There are people I've heard of, Kevin Ryerson, they're around the world, you know, different people, um, on Coast to Coast before, uh um, with Art Bell, um. Uh, there was a film named Gordon Michael Scallion and he created what was called the future map of America, which fortunately for all of us never occurred. Although he sold a lot of these things for like $29 a piece, he was sort of like a a sort of modern Edgar Cayce. I think he had fallen and gotten injured and then he believed or felt he had, you know, kind of abilities to see into the future. And he created a map of the United States. By the way, I interviewed him twice for my welcome to planet earth and Magazine, which I did in print um, in the 80s and 90s with astrologers and numerologists and Tarot people. So you'll see some of the remnants of that in Astroscope, Mark Learner Astrology Radio, where this is happening. That's on Gregor Enterprises for all these different podcasts. At any rate, so many people will try... Remember how you talked about skeptics a few minutes ago and yes. you know, saying this is important because we have to test what is true and what isn't true. And you said something so much a part of the Bailey um, material which was how intuition works when you said it's like I know it's it's there but I don't know how I know it and that is intuition you know when we we have unfortunately in our culture there's so much intellectual sort of an over analysis right of the the lower mind you know worries and stress is part of the healing process part of why you need to do things like being a reiki healer working with you know jewelry working with gemstones because everything has a life force by the way living at fintorn in scotland this is a place where one of the founders his name was rock that was his three letters his like r ogilvy crombie he saw davis he saw the spirits of nature you know tree davis and flower davis i mean creep you know in other words they're yeah Astral bodies, they're etheric life forms. We have a whole history of, of fairies and gnomes. My ex-wife and I did inner child cards together, and part of the thing was sharing about fairies and gnomes, things that go out to Celtic um, ideas uh, uh, in in the area of the British Isles and other places. And so we may think, oh, that was a you know sort of uh, fantasy time where people believe they saw little creatures or. Uh, <laughs> um, brownies or fairies painting flowers. But the, the truth is, is that in the Bailey material and so on, this is why I got back to the York. that we each have a guardian angel, which I was fortunate enough to have an encounter with at age 22. It's not as if I keep having out of the body experiences with the same part of myself. It happened once at a yeah. four days after my 22nd birthday, it changed my whole life, but I, but I meditate and tune into it every day to, to see sort of where I'm going. So I I wanted to sort of um, bring this up for another reason. Chiron, you have, uh, Chiron was discovered in 1977. You and I haven't talked about it, but I was born um, when Chiron was above. It's it's a small body between the orbits of Saturn and Uranus, and it has a lot to do. You can read up about Chiron. It's the centaur in Greek mythology. It's spelled C-H-I-R-O-N. And Debbie, you have it motionless, which I've never talked to you about, but I have it rising in my what's called relocated chart. I'm born in New York, and there's what's called relocation chart. So um, if you move thousands of miles, which I did do 38 years ago, I have a different chart. I mean, I'm still a sign Pisces. All the planets are the same. But what, what happened, I wanted you to understand this, because you, Debbie, have a very strong Chiron. Chiron is very connected to keys that open doors to higher consciousness. It has to do mm-hmm. with any kind of healing, alternative healing holistic healing it has to do with um being mavericks being like i said this to you earlier some people are not really even if we have to work in the real world we're not cut out for it. we have other abilities that if we can translate that into sort of doing our own thing because it's what we love to do and we're here and it's our higher destiny to do it this is often why a lot of people have and you know this as well heart conditions stress conditions a lot of it is because we're working in a field or having to do a job and being fit. It's like we're a round peg in a square hole. We're not fitting, right,
1: yeah. into yeah.
2: society, the schedules, the 9 to 5 thing, the alarm that clock makes up that make us all go crazy. And look at it like now, after the pandemic, whatever we want to believe, people are moving around, they're moving from one state to another. I have Chiron exactly rising in my chart. I didn't plan to move here for that reason. I didn't even want to move from from where we're living on the East Coast, Massachusetts, Wisconsin. After Fintorn, and when I was first married, the goal was to, to be in Hawaii because the person I was married to had come from Hawaii, and that was the plan to go back there. We never wound up doing it together as a family. But I did wind up eventually going, like I said, in 1994 with a loved one. For a dolphin conference and went back there a couple of other times. So I was able to sort of go to this dreamy sort of future. But I have Chiron Rising and it's also called the Wounded Healer. That we all have physical and psychic and spiritual wounds. And if that planet and again we have a whole we have a report called Four Asteroids in Chiron. It's in the astrology report section for all of you, my little sales pitch here. And it's just one report, but it will tell you where is your Ceres, your Pallas, your Juno, your Vesta, and your Chiron. What signs are they in? What houses are they in? What are what are their mythological meanings and their aspects? Too many people in astrology do not know they oh, here's my sun sign. Yeah, I have my moon here and I know some of these planets this is my rising sign. And then I'll say to people, do you know where your four main asteroids are in Chiron? Because this has been a big part of my life from Eleanor Bach in 1972, and she was a master of that. They'll say, "No, I don't know what you're talking about." I'm like, really? Okay, well, this is the like heart and soul of everything I've ever done, because I'm so touch- uh, I'm so in tune with the feminine, and this is what Carl Jung brought—that every woman has an animus, your inner male is inside of you. Okay, and then the men that you, your brothers, husband, friends associates, all the males for any woman, you have an animus. So that's the inner balance. And so people are either attracted to you magnetically because you need to learn from them, or there's antipathy because maybe in another life or for whatever reason, astrologically, they're not going to help you. But maybe they still test you. See, so that it's, makes that a bad, lot of sense. it's that you learn from them. But the people who, particularly the opposite gender, rather than say sex, so for me, I have two older sisters. There was also a little girl, I found out later, that died because my mom had German measles during World War II, and they didn't know that if you had German measles and you were pregnant, the baby wouldn't live. The baby lived for three days. And I didn't even learn about this till after my kids were born, partly because my parents didn't want to scare me and, <laughs> for not having kids. So I have three older sisters, right? One had died. and And then when I got married, the person I married had one sister, no brothers. Then in another relationship, 2 an older sister, a younger sister, and an older brother. And now I have two daughters. I mean, what is it where I keep having feminine energies where I learn those lessons and have yeah. that out-of-the-body experience of my guardian angel who was the feminine version of myself and I being what I call the lower version, like I'm the vehicle of the personality, and she's really the soul and spirit running the show. That's how I actually see my life that a guardian angel is for all of us. And I believe this 100%. Everyone yeah. has their angelic counterpart. And in the Bailey tradition, every there's Davis for everything. In other words, there's a whole other kingdom
1: that's the feminine.
2: Yeah. And he even says this, uh, Tibetan Masdike, relatively speaking, humanity is the male. He said yin, yin and yang everything having to do with flowers air atmospheres clouds sunshine vibrations rocks minerals everything has life and wow. those life forms are what we call the devic and spiritual worlds, and they're the feminine to the masculine so to speak even though we are men and women in the human realm there's this other realm and we're not detached See, so yeah. we really, we're all part of this whole thing together, and that's where a lot of the guidance comes from, or your gift, to be intuitive, mediumistic, having these thoughts, and being able to heal people
1: with radiance. I never knew
0: this.
2: See, yeah, and, and well,
0: you know the the funny the funny thing is, people don't know that I've been actually following you and using you, and uh, <laughs> I've,
1: I've
0: been I've been your customer now for upwards yeah. of twenty two years.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: Uh And and through that, I've learned so much about myself, not only about myself, but about my daughter, about my life, and everything else that I would never have figured out if it weren't for you you brought in like realizations based on the charts just like what you were telling me now about the shiron i had no idea yeah. but that yeah. that and that in itself makes a lot of sense but because of like the information you were able to do about my daughter about right. myself you know because we had had multiple health issues and different things where yeah. the schools are oh there's something wrong with your daughter i call mark 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 uh, oh my God! You know the the sky's falling. Everything else, and there's right. Mark telling me, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with your daughter. The wrong, the the thing that's wrong is that she's got food sensitivities. Cut out the food sensitivities, and all of a sudden the schools are telling me, what did you do? What where are you? Are, is she on Ritalin? Because all what? of a sudden she's a different kid.
2: Well, yeah, I got to break in here because it's so true, folks. And here's the funny part of it because I think more than any other person, for sure, Debbie and I, when we have conversations, 35% is laughing about like <laughs> some unusual thing which just happens now. And our charts are very much in sync, not everything, but, you know, so many different things. And by the way, you know, again, today is the one day of the month when the moon is in the psychic sign of the sign cancer and it's about to conjoin Pallas Athena, which is the archetype of the daughter archetype. And you could be my daughter. You just mentioned your daughter, and I mentioned my daughters. You know what I mean? So Pallas Athena is, in mythology, said to be the full, uh, shall we say, came out of her father's head, Jupiter Zeus, gives birth to wisdom and knowledge in the form of the full armored Pallas Athena. And I've done so many different podcasts. Eleanor Bach did a whole bunch of these writings for Welcome Planet Earth. And I've shared a lot of those in my podcast over the last couple of years. In fact, um, the first 17 podcasts I did, starting in May of 2019, in case you folks go back to Astroscope on my website, they're all about the sun and palace Athena in the progress chart of the United States from July 4th, 1776. I didn't get into the fact that we're, by the way, the country is a Cancerian nation. We have Mercury, Venus, and Jupiter in the United States charts from July 4th, 1776, which I've worked with for 50 years based on all the teachings of Dane Rudger, who got stuff from Thomas Jefferson's, um, uh, what do you call it, diary, you know, having written the Declaration of Independence and so on. So the thing is, we are a very psychic country. This is a country like if you go back to when Neptune was discovered in 1846, seances, um, psychic sensitivity creative imagination mm-hmm. the gold rush into california um was part of this neptunian energy which i, I said earlier i just experienced and many piscians who are born around march 8th 9th 10th 11th 12th 13th 14th you better be listening here or if you know somebody because all of us have had neptune on our suns, and that can only happen once in 165 years which means that half the population if you, if you only get to be 80 or 90 Half of the world will never have Neptune on their sun. So without giving uh, away necessarily Debbie's chart, Debbie, you'll never have Neptune on your sun in this life because Neptune would have to move. It will take Neptune about 80 more years. Unless you want to live to be whatever in your <laughs> next life, maybe you'll have Neptune on the sun. But anyone out there, you know, like if you're if your sun sign, for instance, is uh, let's just say Gemini or Cancer or Leo or Virgo, um, if you're 20 or 30 or 40 years old next time next lifetime neptune will be on your son i just had it in, in as i turned like 69 70 71 i've never been as psychically tuned in and also it's challenging it, to to sort out see the truth from the non-truth you know what is real but i've been guided and inspired even to do this today because this feels like a, a whole turning around um tell, tell the folks um uh, a little bit about give them a taste of things about you mentioned about one of these sad school events you know that happened a couple of months ago because you told me a little bit about it but what i found remarkable and because remember i was talking about my out of the body experience what you seem to describe was both seeing something you see what i mean before the event remember i was talking to you folks before about the dream i had of the birth certificate and all that and then it actually occurred a precognitive dream so tell the folks what happened the day before this occurred and what you saw or what you experienced.
0: I'm sorry, which oh, on which event I was talking about? Some yeah, of the things.
2: school, the school event,
1: the school shooting
0: oh. event. Oh, Evaldi, Evaldi. Oh yeah, that was kind of strange. Yeah, because see, the with with my, I've got so many different strange little abilities that I have just. It seems as though, like as the years go on, they they get stronger and stronger, and then there's more that develop, more that I see, more that's shocking to me. Right. And I re- I remember the, the the night before the Waldy happened, it was very strange because I had this like nightmare where I had a dream. I was, it was almost kind of like being in the astro planes because everything was white, but I knew everything was, you know, everything was one color. It was all black and white, but then it was Uh also like just, you know, the walls were bright white, but it was just, it was a very strange dream. It was so hard to describe. But I remember I was like watching myself in, like, it seemed to be like a school or something. And I remember, running and there was like chaos. I just remember there was chaos everywhere. And there mm-hmm. were people on the on the ground shot. There was blood everywhere. And I remember running and didn't know where to go. And then I remember all of a sudden someone someone with a gun shooting mm-hmm. me directly. And I remember counting, for some reason, the bullets. I remember getting shot once, I think it was in the arm, then like three or four times in the chest, and then the fifth one, when the fifth one hit, I remember thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to survive this? I'm never going to survive this. I just got shot five times. And then well, the person ran off because they thought, okay, well, you know, they probably assumed, which I did too, I was going to pass. dead. Yeah, Yeah. but I didn't. I was still standing, but I can feel my life energy getting weak, and it was very odd because then I'm like, okay, well, I have to call because I found it very strange that throughout the whole time that this was happening, this was a long time was passing, and there were no police. There were no Yes. Adults, nothing was happening, and I remember thinking, "What is going on? That it's why do we seem like we're the only people on yeah. in the world? There's no one else in the world except for the dead people on the floor, me, the yeah. shooter, and then maybe a couple of other people. That's it. That there was no one else on the planet. That's what it felt like. And then I and remember you, you, seeing
2: you, this is the day you, before Uvalde, uh, the the, the night, the, the night,
0: the night before.
2: Yeah. And then when, when it happened and you heard the news, which was the next day, would you did you immediately like, Oh my God, I had this as a dream and it came out Oh, back? I, I knew
0: I knew immediately because the reason why the, the, the thing that hit me was because yeah. of the fact that um in my dream the night before, I had you know, when I was shot five times, I went to go looking for a phone and I saw a phone in a dead person's hand. Wow. And I picked up the phone and I dialed nine one one, and what was very strange because in my dream this was like okay this is why it, it's got to be a dream because when I called nine one one the operator was very sarcastic to me and treated was very bad to me and was and I told her that I was hurt you need to come you and she was very sarcastic well we've already have a couple of calls we know you you don't oh. have to keep calling and oh. I remember just thinking. Oh, That's very odd, but you don't understand. I've been shot. I'm going to die if you don't oh, get here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. don't worry. It's, you know, we know, we know. And I yeah. remember hanging up the phone and trying to be nice to the woman because I didn't want her to be mad at me. <laughs> and oh. I remember in, in the dream, a yeah. lot of time. The thing that was very odd to me was that it, a lot of time had gone had passed, and I just, dis- distinctly remember more than anything 45 minutes had passed since my phone call and they still weren't there and I remember everything was in slow motion and everything seemed unreal like why why is nobody here
2: and, and you know you see what you're describing also as your experience is exactly the problem of what happened there where if you, the actual story, folks, is, you know, it's such a terrible tragedy. And we've had far too many in this country and other places around the world, you know, for years and years now. But the real problem there in Nivaldi was the ability to potentially go into that room, storm it in there at the beginning, and they waited all this time. And it's so unimaginable to think of the loss of life because everybody was waiting, you know what I mean, um, yeah. and not breaking down a door, as you often see in these movies or TV shows, you know, it's always a question mark, what should we do? And if we do something that's too quick, we may kill a whole bunch of people, you know, whether it's a bomb or whatever, you know, the, the adversary is a person with, you know, a weapon or series of weapons or more than two, you know, one person. But what you're describing of the slowness of the thing, you know, and, your individual thing is kind of precisely the real problem of that. It wasn't like, oh, hostages were taken and there was nothing anybody could do about it. This is the kind of thing of waiting and waiting and waiting where the person on the other end, like you're describing, is sort of invalidating you.
0: Right. But I I remember distinctly, I don't know why, I remember 45 minutes, that it was 45 minutes. I remember that. And I just remember thinking, "Why am I not dead yet? <laughs> that yeah. doesn't make yeah. sense. Why am I still alive? I can't be alive. I shouldn't be
2: alive and, and, and I remember be, thinking that and and unfortunately, in that particular thing, we'll never know how long some of these people, some of the students or you know I think there was a teacher or two as also, also died, most of them were students in the Uvalde event were literally dying. You know, yeah. While and if they would have gotten there earlier, then, right? And the, yeah. the fact that we'll never know. And in your dream, it's kind of this uncertainty that you're experiencing, so that when the event actually happens, you basically. And by the way, there were these books called Seth Speaks." Um, if, and then there was a sequel with a woman named Jane Roberts. Um, I just this isn't even in my notes. There are so many notes that I, you don't know, want to share with you for hours, and I know we got maybe another half an hour for today or something. But there were these books, and, and one of them, I remember reading this in the 1970s. Again, it was called Seth, Seth, S-E-T-H, Speaks. The woman was Jane Roberts, and she tuned into this entity that she called Seth. In one of the little stories, I remember reading this on my lunch hours, talk about having little jobs, because over the years, Debbie and I often talked about different kind of work things that she or her family members are experiencing, you know, got this job, need to start, you know, is Mercury retrograde? Is it not retrograde? You know, what do I do? You know, what is the starting time, which is part of what we call electional astrology of choosing auspicious times, whether to start a job, get married, buy a car, you know what I mean? Do a Mm -hmm. financial transaction. There's all these good times, which I have in my astrology cosmic calendar, the thing I've done for 41 years. And by the way, you can have that on your iPhone. Um, or android phone for free or subscribe pennies a day it's called astrology cosmic calendar with a k so please get into that while we're we're having this discussion so here's what seth speak said at one point and this is fascinating from what you're saying with the dreams and my dreams and everybody dreaming he gives he gives an example of i'm not sure why he does this but he says imagine that there's gonna there's a fire in an apartment building in a big city right now, he says is that every single person living in that apartment building the night before or a couple of days before, either through a dream, in other words, let's say there's a faulty wire somewhere in the building, you know, or arson is going to happen, whatever it is. But let's just say it's an electrical thing that's about to happen, you know, 48 hours from now. All right. Because of, remember you said, and this is totally what I agree with folks, past, present, future, they're all, all simultaneously happening. It's just that we're in a chronological world. And by the way, Chiron, which is very strong for Debbie and very strong for myself because it's rising out here in my chart, is the, also the planet of what we call the Twilight Zone, which is the fifth dimension, just like the show, the Twilight Zone with Rod Serling. He actually was born, the guy who invented the show, he was born when Chiron came back in the U.S. chart, which is in the sign Aries, and uh, he was born in 1924. And after 50 years, which is a Chiron cycle, he died when Chiron came back, what's called is Chiron Return, and it came back in the U.S. chart. Rod Serling was a great screenwriter. Um, He was brilliant with creating the Twilight Zone. He was always the host, this wonderful introduction about, you know, it's in the Twilight Zone, fifth dimension with all this weird and strange music. But the thing is, is that, what I wanted to bring up is there, there were all these higher, you know, vibrations and uh, entities going on. And I wanted to bring up one other thing about life and death. The first talk I ever gave was, was about John F. Kennedy, because when I was 13 and he was murdered, our president in Dallas, Texas, that affected me enormously. And I was 13. So when I got into astrology nine years later, the first thing I started studying was not just his birth chart, but when he died. Okay, and so I was getting into learning about my mother's chart, my dad's chart, my sister's chart, my girlfriend's chart, my own chart, my friend's chart, and then uh historical figures or current event figures, which is part of what we call mundane earth astrology. So get this, and this is important because of we're our, our talking about life and death. The first chart that I focused on enormously and my first talk that I ever gave in public was to the National Council of GeoCosmic Research called the NCGR. In New York City, I was about 24, 1974, and it was on the death of President Kennedy from a spiritual angle, and this was, in other words, studying his chart of death, comparing it to his birth chart, because when he was assassinated, there was an exact time, whether it was Lee Harvey Oswald or a couple other people. Now, again, this is seven. This is a bunch of years, let me, let me put it this way, it's a long time ago, 1963. A lot of you were not born at that particular time, but The reason I want to bring this up is there's so much in astrology when people get sick, okay, Debbie, and they say, I'm worried about a loved one or I'm worried about myself. I'm having fears that maybe I could die, right? So the whole question is, can someone see death in a chart? I've never seen that, okay? It's not that I I can't look for it. I believe in miracles. I have a book on my – like one of the things I got into – A long time ago was In Search of the Miraculous by P.D. Kospensky, who got into spiritual teachings. He was a Russian mystic, and he studied what was called George Gurdjieff. These are all mystics, okay, and seers like Rudolf Steiner and Edgar Cayce, the Master DK, so many other people that many of you are familiar with, and teachers from India and China and all over the world, including America. I also am very close to the teachings of the Dalai Lama okay? But what I wanted to say was the life and death of President Kennedy, I was tuned into from the beginning, not only the life chart of people, but people would come to me with the death chart, you see, of somebody, or I studied the death chart when a historical figure would die. So I want to say something that's really important. When we're born, our birth chart, it was a show called What's My Line on TV, okay, back in the 50s. People like Marilyn Monroe, Joe DiMaggio, you know, you know, whoever would come on the the four contestants would be blindfolded and the person would write their name. There was an audience and everybody would applaud. And that person would sit next to, remember Joe DiMaggio, the famous baseball player was on and they'd start asking questions. And Joe DiMaggio would, would talk in kind of a squeaky voice so they couldn't tell it was Jolton, Joe DiMaggio, this famous baseball player who was married to Marilyn Monroe. At any rate, So they'd say, are you famous because of such and such? And he'd say,
1: no, no,
2: you know, whatever, (laughs) weird voice. And then somebody would finally catch on, you know, like something. Could you be a sports, you know, someone involved with sports? And they would be like, you might be right. You know, and then finally they would say, are you Joe DiMaggio? And then they'd take off the mask and that would be it. And then, you know, that was a show, right? Right. It was called What's My Line? But having watched that as a kid, the way I this as a metaphor. And Debbie and I do this a lot where she'll talk to me about something and I'll say, okay, imagine that was a dream. What does it mean that you had this event? you know that you're in turmoil because you need to figure out a job thing or something about your daughter or your husband, or you know what's the next step of your transits? and I'll suddenly talk about a metaphor again, like you're on a deserted island with you, your your husband and your daughter. here's you know here's what's going on and and it will all sort of make sense because you create a kind of image. That's like a dream image so what i want to say is that all of our birth charts everybody listening we all have a birth chart this is kind of like your spiritual genetic code this is if we can interpret it correctly your sun your moon your planets your asteroids your chiron, signs rising this is our blueprint of who we need to be and how we fulfill our life journey when you die okay whenever that is and as i said you know don't contact me for you and say, I I, I need to know and so-and-so is dying because I don't do that. Because I believe that, like Jimmy Carter just had brain cancer and he's still alive. He's born in 1924. He's 98 years old, right? He beat cancer, right? Some people, that's what happens. And, you know, in a moment, I want you to describe something about the hospital visit of the French, right, and what happened. So I'll lead to that. At any okay. rate, w- the amazing thing is if we know the time of death, particularly of, of current event figures, and I often look that up, the death chart is, is, is not how my life was – it's basically not the plan of life. It's saying how well did I do with the birth chart that I had so many years or decades before. So the birth chart is all – in physics we call it potential energy, okay? This is your potential and the kinetic energy is like taking potential of who you are and saying, here's what, how you can manifest it. So when you die, it's like leaving the stage of life, like a baseball player retiring, right? Or a celebrities, you know, like how many times would Frank Sinatra, and this is true, say, this is my last tour, right? And then he, he couldn't resist it. So he'd come back, Frank Sinatra's back, you know, same thing with Barbara Streisand, who was born in like 1942. I studied her chart. How many times are you going to come back? I'm not saying this negatively, but, you know,
1: <laughs> the people
2: who are part of these musicians says, you can do it again, Barbara, Babs, you know, like, or Frank, we, your fans want to see you one more time, come out of retirement, right? And this is this happens all the time. I mean, look, even now, you've got, like, Crosby, still Nash & Young or something, Ringo Starr and his band or whatever it is, he's, he's born in 1940. He just got sick. He's 82 years old. You know, Adele and these other people, Celine Dion, like they're in Las Vegas and they have to cancel out their shows because they don't feel well, right? But it's like they keep being reborn and then doing these things. But the chart when a person, a loved one of yours, uh, a family member, a friend, when they pass away, if you know the time, it's kind of like a way that they can communicate, here's how well I did with what I had when I was born. So could you tell that story particularly? Um, You just told me briefly because there's there's a reason why I want to ask this. It has to do with people who are dying with hospice. And there's a particular reason I want to ask this because of a loved one of mine who was on a fentanyl drip. You know, a lot of people, because of their pain, they're put on morphine and different things in the past. And I want to ask this question having to do with two things that, you shared with me earlier. One is about life on the other side, which connects up to the friend about what what happened with going back and forth in the hospitals. Can you explain right. what happened? Yeah, about your yeah. friend. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I had a friend whose mother had been pretty sick for quite a while, quite a number of years—five, six, seven years or something—and she would always like uh, get to the brink where they'd rush her to the hospital, oh, my God, this is it, this is it. Then all of a sudden she'd wake up and, you know, after being close to a coma and she'd wake up, all of a sudden, like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And all of a sudden, oh, well, here she is again. Then she'd go home. and right. back and forth it was constant back and forth with her and he would tell me this all the time it's like and he would joke and he's like yeah you know our family is just like yeah you know well mom's in the hospital again well yeah she's you know back there again but you know she's come back she's coming back home soon and and they didn't understand what was going on and then one day finally after years literally years of going back and forth to the hospital she had passed and he mm-hmm. was all sad and he was uh telling me about it All of a sudden, I, you know, because being intuitive, being a medium, I kind of connected to her. And I didn't, we we never spoke that much about his mom. And so I didn't know too much about her. I met her, I met her a couple of times, but that was, you know, about it. And then he, he moved, we moved apart, but we still kept in touch. So when Uh he's, you know, so all of a sudden I started seeing in my mind's eye the situation. All of a sudden I was like her as she was getting ready to pass and without without her speaking to me she gave me the information and i the knowing (laughs) the intuition i just knew what was going on the reason why she had been back and forth is because she had been so close to death but she was afraid of dying is what it was she didn't know what to expect on the other side and it was frightening for her which, of course, mm-hmm. it would be for a lot of people that you, you know, who don't really right. know what to expect. You don't know what's going to happen on the other side. So she was back and forth. And, you know, she had her different religious beliefs. And I don't exactly recall what she was, her religious beliefs. But she right. she dabbled in just a, a lot of different religions, you know, she would just look into. Yeah. And I, and I remember I was, when I was watching her, I was her. And sometimes I would be her, and then sometimes I would see her. And I remember seeing her like just before, you know, like oh no, I don't want to, I don't want to die, I don't want to go, I want to go back home. So then she'd pop back into her body, and that would be it. Then there Mm -hmm. would be times where she would pop back out, and she would like then it was like a veil is the best way that I can describe it. It was a sheer curtain, and she would she finally uh, came to this curtain. And she was always too afraid to go near it. Like, no, 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 okay. no, I'm too afraid. I don't want to go near it. I don't want to go near it. So then one day she decided, let me just take a peek because all of a sudden she can hear music. She can hear laughing. She can right. hear a party happening. So she <laughs> opened the curtain, just a little peek, right. and she and I could see what she was seeing, which was all her her family members who had passed before they right. were having a big old huge party and the funny thing was just the knowing without anybody saying i knew they were having a party for her and because from what i could i could sense what was going on was that yeah. she was supposed to have passed a long time ago years right. before but, but she, was she, was afraid. Afraid. she was too afraid she was too afraid so they wanted to make it like
1: fun for her
0: like yeah so it's not scary so look what you're missing look what's happening look look, this (laughs) is what it is it's not scary it's nothing to be afraid of and her mother which is you know my friend's grandmother was there cooking she had her apron on and she had like there was buffet tables full full and you
2: said you said earlier today which i found fascinating there's a reason i want you to mention this you, it was great. You said, oh, yeah, Mark, there's actually cooking going on. It actually goes on. You said, I don't know how it happens. But the reason I want to bring this up for a moment and have you tell that part of it, because I was so fascinated because then I told you, look, so many of the women in my life, going back to my mother's mother in particular, who was like the big cook and baker and my mom did a number of things, including meatballs and hamburgers. But my grandmother was like, if I had stayed on the East Coast, I would be like, um, Let's put it this way. Whatever is overweight for a man, and I have, issues, I have a strong Jupiter at my birth, so, you know, I'm not too overweight at the moment. A couple of years ago, is, was, you know, more. But I would have been, like, somebody who is very uncomfortable because the cooking mm-hmm. and the baking was, like, unbelievable, yes. um, right? And yeah. I've had this oh, yeah. my whole life. But here's what I want to say. In the Alice Bailey books, again, the Tibetan Mesh D.K., and by the way, for folks, um, I don't know get any money for this these are my friends lucis trust l u c i s t r u s t dot org and if you go to that website, you get free literature you can order books audio things it's you know fantastic and i worked there again i ran i did what's called the beacon magazine oddly enough before I ever did welcome planet earth and now we have g p s astrology by the way if you go to the great grand enterprise you'll see a tab g p s astrology and we've got two issues. My daughter, Katja, has designed. She's brilliant with her art and her expertise with web design. Uh, It's called GPS Astrology, and there's 70 plus pages. It's coming out at, at, at full moons. We did one August 11th at the full moon, and October 9th, we just had one, and the next one will be January 6th. So People can read. They can subscribe. They can even put in ads and stuff like that. We need everybody's help for you know, keeping going. It's based on goodwill as love and action. But here's in esoteric astrology that Alice Bailey is, is supposedly the writer for, and she is, but she's channeling her teacher, okay? Just like I believe, I mean, this is my opinion, you're so close to your soul, spiritual energy, and you have the right astrological, like, you know, the, the what was it called with the, the astronauts, the right stuff? Okay, that was that movie, you know, the, the Mercury astronauts, by the way, you know, um, the first seven of them. Oddly enough, it was seven, just like the seven colors of the rainbow, the seven notes, of the musical scale, seven spirits, you know, seven days of the week, you know, seven days of creation. Seven is a mystical number. In astrology, by the way, it, there's an aspect called the septile, one seventh of the circle. And I, when I do readings, I will do these things. I will look at what are called minor aspects. They're not minor, they're just very spiritual. Like, Quintiles, one fifth of the circle, which makes a five pointed star. Septiles are one seventh of the cir- circle, which would be like seven points that would make a seven pointed star. So they're part of astrology, but it's sort of like a, a subtone, just like what we're talking about. You know, life before birth, after death, you know, uh, looking into the great beyond, angels, you know, devas, dreams, visions, you know, like w- where is all this happening? Why do we see things before they seem to happen in chronological time? the Tibetan master says something that is exactly what you said about the cooking. Like you you startled me this morning when you said, Oh, Mark, it, you know, like they have stoves, you know, like they're making this food, right? It's like, it's not just like an imaginary piece. It's like these things are happening. And I, I want him to comment on this for everybody because what we, we so much of us, unless, we're like the Tibetan master D, DK or the Dalai Lama or a guru or so on who, who keep telling their disciples and neophytes, the other world is more real than this world. This is the world of, it seems like this is tangible. And this is one of the hardest things for us all, particularly in the Western world, you know, as opposed to in China, they go back, you know, thousands of years, the emperor, the empress, heaven and earth, you know, same thing in India and so many other cultures, same thing, Native American culture. And Atlantis and were in all these other, you know, ancient kind of energies, ancient Egypt, there are these belief systems and star, you know, constellations and so on that are so profound that we have lost in, I'm not just saying America, but kind of in Western culture, you know, dollars and cents. Um, it, so much as what do you do rather than who are you? You know what I mean? We define ourselves so much of like, okay, well, I have this job, you know, and I've been studying this and that. Is that really who we are, you know, as a soul, as a spirit, as a soul-infused personality? And I think this is part of the disconnect of what you're talking about and what I'm talking about and why dreams are so important. So to get to the point, the Tibetan Master DK says something, and he says this in a couple of places, and it just floors me, and it's like what you're saying. He says at one point, he says in the hierarchy, which is kind of the sole level of who we all are on invisible levels, like what we might call beyond the color spectrum. And I said this to you earlier, you know, we know red to violet. Those are different vibrations and wavelengths, but above violet is ultraviolet X rays, gamma rays, and cosmic rays. What, beyond what we can see with our physical vision is where I feel The enlightened souls are the souls and spirits of our parents, our grandparents, the people we love, our partners, our children, whatever. They don't. Their physical forms, whether they're you know a body in a coffin, is terrible to say these things or cremated or whatever. Their soulful essence is still is still and has always been present. You see, it's just that their physical form has disappeared. Same thing. Without getting too much into the shadow of life, I believe that those souls and spirits who are either trapped through uh, very negative kind of things, whether it's like they've abused alcohol or drugs, you know, so much or some kind of hooked into something that they can't pass on, and we could do this maybe in a part two or part three, that they're below the red level. In other words, we call infrared television, radio, microwaves. Those are all useful things in our lives. Watching TV, but you know how TV—it's like it's like AM radio. There's ad after ad after ad. If you watch HBO or something else, they don't they might have a little bit of ads, but not during the movie. You see what I mean? With regular television and radio, particularly AM radio as opposed to FM radio, to so one's amplitude modulation, one's frequency. What we don't realize—these are all vibrations. You know, when radio was discovered, Marconi and others. Now. It's like it's, it's like that. That used to be magic. Are you kidding me? We can hear these things, you know, on the radio. We can we can right. listen to this stuff. Same thing with TV. And I here's the thing that I, I'm glad I got around to this. See, I believe we've invented radio and television because we have clear audience, which is hearing at a distance, and we have clairvoyance, which is yeah. seeing at a distance. You, I've always felt from the premise of. You can't create a device in the material world. We've still got, we, we've had this Taurus rising for, and Uranus and Taurus during our whole sharing here, the physical energy. You can't have a Marconi or whoever else invented radio and the inventors of TV. And now, you know, with all these other things with the internet, unless human beings who are creating these devices have the power to hear at a distance, which is called clear audience, or see at a distance, which is called clairvoyance. Part of this, you know, gives me chills right now, by the way, I told you earlier, chills for me are not like, oh, Mark has the flu, you know, yeah. or something. Oh, goodness, fingers crossed that's minute. But for the last couple of years, because of Neptune being in Pisces, when I know I hit something, hit the right note and need to share yeah. it, I get these chills, which is part of my nervous system basically saying to me, that's my thing, you know, that's hey, that's your intuition. Yeah, that's your intuition. So, so you know, share a little bit more what what I want to get to because, you know, we're getting an hour and a half and speaking of cooking dinner, you're going to be cooking dinner maybe or making dinner for the family <laughs> and I'm going to have mine. But I, I'd be remiss particularly, I'll have some closing quotes, but I want you to bring up uh, Reiki and your work with that of healing at a distance. I don't know a lot about it. I know it's Japanese and so on. And the reason I'm bringing this up is one other quick note. I have worked with acupressure and I've been to an acupuncturist, okay, before, and I recognize the importance of alternate forms of healing, all kinds. Yes. And even though, as a son of a doctor, I chose not to be a doctor of the body, more of a doctor of the psyche, through astrology and tarot and numerology and all the other things I've done or am doing. I want to say one one other thing. People may not realize this, but there was a writer for the New York Times named James Reston, during the Nixon time period, okay, before many of you were around. Uh, President Nixon went over to China. He was one of—he was the leader to to shift what we, what we now call Taiwan or the island of Formosa. Used to be one of the. This is just more political for a moment, folks. Was one of the first five uh, members of the Security Council of the UN when the United Nations came into being, 1945. We had the United States, we had the United Kingdom or England, we had the Soviet Union, which is now Russia, uh, we had France, and we had China. But China at that point was not communist China, which came into being with Mao in 1949. It was where Chiang Kai-shek, who was this general who was fighting against Mao in the land mass of China, fled to the island of Taiwan, which is used to be called Formosa. When the United when the United Nations began, China had a seat in the Security Council, but it was from the island of Formosa. There are Formosans and there are there are Chinese on that island. But there's a billion Chinese, you see, in China. And what happened was that over time, particularly starting with, with Nixon, went over and met with Mao. And Henry Kissinger, his Secretary of State, there was uh, their prime minister was Chu lai They opened the door for China to get admitted to the United Nations. And then under Jimmy Carter was when the shift happened. And instead of the national Chinese, there's a reason I'm sort of bringing all this up, but instead of the national Chinese, um being the representative it shifted to communist China okay and Mm -hmm. the national Chinese or Taiwan was left out now this is part of why we have this tremendous struggle with China now they want to retake that island and say that's theirs and that island Taiwan is democratic you see has a complete you know like our way of government and it's right off the coast of China any rate back to the story James Reston was like the highest, one of the greatest reporters and journalists for the New York Times. He was covering Nixon in China. He got, a, his heart was failing. There were no Western, astro, uh, I would say astrology, no Western doctors where he got sick. He needed to go to somebody and he went to an acupuncturist, you see, with all the Chinese meridians and the lines of energy and he got healed. When he came back, he wrote this story for the New York Times that his life was saved, not by Western medicine, but by yeah. Chinese acupuncture. The point yeah. is, being somebody from New York and read that, this is a long time ago, the re- part of the reason for the interest in acupuncture, acupressure, Reiki, and all these other alternative holistic things relating to, particularly to Chiron and other plants like Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, if they're strong in people's charts, or you're a sun sign cancer, and you're psychic, or you have the water signs, and we all have these, is that the alternative world, right? That we're so familiar with now. You know, you know, getting your supplements, getting your minerals, getting your treatments, going to a chiropractor, going to, doing Reiki, and so on. A lot of this came through James Reston. His reputation. He wouldn't have written this thing unless it was true. You see. So he opened the door to an alternative thing. Now, do you think Western doctors like this? Of course they didn't. (laughs) They didn't like the fact that this guy was treated by an acupuncturist and and survived, you see? right? And it opened the door to the other side of the world from the West. I'm just telling a story because I've been into this. So please tell the folks a little bit, at least somewhat today. We'll do another thing more about Reiki. But tell people how you do it or a little bit about it so that they're familiar with it more
0: yeah well well as you said reiki is uh i believe it comes from you know japanese type Mm -hmm. of uh you know uh practices i'm second degree reiki and uh kind of the interesting thing where you had mentioned about the shiron in my uh in my chart and stuff about healing i remember The day that I was going to become Reiki from my Reiki master, a Reiki master is someone who is third degree and they can make other people, you know, first, second degree Reiki. And I remember just before she came over, it was kind of funny because I I started having interest in jewelry and in gemstones specifically into the healing. And I didn't know why. I just was drawn to it, and all of a sudden I'm like, hmm. I wonder if jewelry, or if gemstones actually does specific things. So I started looking at them, and I started putting together these things. And and when I when I met my Reiki master, and she came in the door, she's very psychic. She was very psychic, and mm-hmm. she used to scare me. And she came in, and she looked at my, uh, she looked, she saw all these uh, these gemstones on my wrist, and she's like, oh, you've done this before. I'm like mm-hmm. what are you talking about? I this is the first time I've made a, I've uh, did bracelets and she's like, "Oh no, you, this is like all reincarnation stuff from your past life. But you used yeah. to be a healer in your past life. You used to do uh, you know, gemstones and healing with gemstones and jewelry and stuff. That's why wow. it, it comes so naturally to you. That's why it was just intuitive to you. Like you just knew okay. what to do and you knew how to wear it. So I found, I found yeah. that very interesting. So, yeah, so that and then, uh, yeah, so when it comes to the Reiki energy, it's kind of interesting because it's like I, I believe, well, I, I feel anyway, that when I became second-degree Reiki, it, I was already pretty intuitive. It made me even more so intuitive.
2: yeah. You know, some of this can be done at a distance, and some of it could be done like when people go hands-on. to get a massage or go to get, you know, chiropractor or acupuncture, acupressure. That person might also be a Reiki master of a certain degree and use Reiki if the person goes to that alternative practitioner and says, can you do that for me, right? Correct.
0: And it's not necessarily... It it, it could be a distance or hands-on. And Uh, when it's hands-on, it's not necessarily a massage. It's just just putting your hands onto someone's body On certain locations or pressure points or whatever whatever pain points that that they're having and it's just putting them there for a few minutes or so just to bring in the energy because you're you as a Reiki practitioner become the conduit for the energy
2: I got to break in and tell you something really exceptional because again folks you know Debbie I'm not sharing her birth chart I'm not sharing mine although I mentioned Pisces But something I've never told you before, and this is what happens with Debbie and myself. It's like we're talking about something, she'll call me and say, hey, you know, my daughter, my husband, myself, or all three. There's always all three. (laughs) It's like a triangle. And today there is a grand triangle going on in the heavens. So we've got Moon still about to conjunct Pallas Athena, Sun and Mercury and Venus and Scorpio, and got Neptune and Pisces. So there is this trifecta which is the representation spiritually of this kind of thing of ideas and ideals and intuition and spirituality and what's above and beyond and sort of below what I never told you, which I never, I guess we've, I know Debbie's chart backwards and forwards. Okay.
1: Yeah. 22 years. (laughs)
2: Part of my gift is that like I'm in a car, you know, Hey Mark, I really need your help. It's like, okay, well, here I am now again, folks remember Debbie and I go back 20 years. So this is a different thing than somebody like, oh, I saw your website. Can I do a reading? <laughs> if I'm driving I, a bus or walking around, I don't have your chart in my head. I have to get a first or second session with you, and then, you know, then you'd know, be like Debbie. But I never told you, which is amazing, that we're we, we're only doing this because of having this podcast you have mercury which rules the hands and communication mercury is the great hermes messenger of the god's planet the first planet from the sun you know people are always freak out mercury retrograde and this is one of the things that debbie has been dealing with all these years because when you get a new job, fear of the retrograde well you know you (laughs) want to start when things are as good as possible now i've i've created two podcasts the truth about mercury retrograde and then another one because i'm trying to communicate to people it's not that Mercury retrograde is great, okay, but planets go retrograde. Every planet has a cycle. Mercury does it more than any other. So it's become what I call the poster boy for astrologers and it's, look, I, my goal in astrology has always been to create goodwill and to solve problems and to create peace, love and harmony through astrology. My job is not to make people upset and make people afraid, you see, and it, what's happened with Mercury retrograde is it it's one we can blame a planet you know like it's not me I didn't make a mistake I didn't lose the <laughs> message I didn't lo- do this it's Mercury and the the funny thing about it is see I think about reincarnation just like you you just mentioned in another life working with jewelry well my I would suppose and not to push you further to remember other lives you've done this many times in many cultures. And according to the Tibetan Masajiki and others, you see, we have lived so many countless lives. According to Edgar Cayce, Atlantis is not just, oh, 10,000 B.C., the, the legends of the flood, that was the end of Atlantis. If you read a little book called Edgar Cayce on Atlantis, okay, it's actually, you know, he didn't write any of these books. These are, you know, his, his son and his, you know, all these other people from the Association of Research and Enlightenment putting together the 14,000 readings of Edgar Casey, you know, giving all this guidance. He was America's greatest psychic and he died in 1945 he's a Pisces uh, son. Um, the, the total solar eclipse, by the way, that happened uh, when, George, uh, when Donald Trump was president, the one that happened in August of 2017, it went from Oregon through the center of the United States and came out uh, Charleston, South Carolina, where the Civil War happened. This is the one from five years ago. It right it went right through Edgar Casey's birthplace in Kentucky, this small town, and I noticed that, and I thought, what does that mean? And what it means is that the teachings of Edgar Casey, since that total solar eclipse, which was powerful in the sign of Leo, a fire sign, is to light up our lives. He was Sun sign Pisces, and they're, you know, it gives me chills right now. You know, look, I, I love what they're doing. I still get a magazine from them. Years after Welcome Planet Earth, um, they, sent, they, they sent me this, my, my magazine in print, that one ended 20 years ago, 22 years ago. I still do the cosmic calendar, like I said, astrology, cosmic calendar with a K that people can get, you know, for iPhone or subscribe for iPhone or Android phone. So that's been the heart and soul, this cosmic calendar of what's in the sky and all the these alignments. But the A.R.E., has this wonderful I think it's every two months or every quarterly magazine um it's called turning inward inward is the second word I may come up with the other one um it has dreams it has visions it has like if you're going to go to Egypt or these different places but it's all about the spiritual life you know and the soul life and it's just utterly fascinating to sort of go there with this um You know, can you share a few other things um, just about where you're at? Because the thing about jewelry, I I wanted people to understand, and then I'll close down because I know we've got to get on, you know, with our evenings. A little bit more about your work with jewelry and crystals and talismans, any kind of personal experience or experiences, just tell the folks, like where somebody came to you, you know, some kind of interesting kind of thing and how that connected oh, yeah. either to like dreams or, you know, a lost loved one or some kind of change of their life with jewelry and gemstones?
0: Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, because that's one of the things because I normally, you know, walking down the street or something, I'll get like just complete strangers and all of a sudden I'll get like uh, messages and like I'll hear things like from, you know, from from somebody's, loved ones that have passed and it it kind of throws me off like, okay, what should I do with that? Should I give this person the message? Because I, I always get the feeling for myself, the the intuition that I get about it is that these people need to hear the message. There's something Mm -hmm. that they need to hear just to provide them peace, just so they can move on with things. Um, Mm -hmm. And it like one time I remember having this woman had called me, uh, to, you know, uh, back when everyone had, sell, you know, regular phones and stuff. And she was trying to sell me magazines. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just, and I was going to tell her, oh, I'm not interested. But then all of a sudden, through my mind's eye, I saw, you know, uh, a leprechaun, a little man <laughs> with uh, red hair and a beard. Yep. He looked like a leprechaun kicking his feet up in the air and dancing and with his arms up in the air and he's dancing. And I asked her, I'm like, do you know somebody who's passed who's uh, who looks like a leprechaun and he's dancing and real happy with red hair. And she starts laughing. She's like, yeah, that's my grandfather. And I'm like, wow. well, let me tell you, he's here and he is thrilled because he can finally say hi to you <laughs> and tell you he's okay and everything is fine and you know and he's happy and he you know and he mentioned her mother because her mother apparently was you know uh his daughter-in-law and you know she, she didn't know he didn't know her for that long of a time but yet she nursed him and took care of him until the day he died and he was incredibly grateful for that and wanted her to know that he was yeah. grateful, and that he, you know, thank you for what you've done. And, wow. you know, so it was it was at that point that I was telling Spirit, all right, guys, you got to help me out here because I keep getting all these messages and I just can't keep stopping people and it's not right, you know. So, you know, I want you to let these people come to me. So, yeah. uh, you know, so if they need a message and they need, you know, to hear something from me, let them come to me. So I remember one day I was at a a show and I was selling my my healing jewelry and most people are just naturally drawn to it. And it's funny because I would make them for one for the heart chakra, one for love, not going to make you like all of a sudden you'll have all these people who are banging down your door to marry me, marry me, nothing like that. It's like platonic love as well, mostly. So I have one yeah. for one for that, one for protection, you know. So people, you know, so I, I have for different things, you know, to help people out. And it's funny because they would be drawn to my table for exactly looking at the jewelry without having any idea what they are. They're drawn to right. exactly what they need. And one day there was a, a, a guard who was walking through the place that I was working at and I was selling my stuff. It was this big, you know, open lot. And it yeah. was a cop, and he kept walking past my table. And he was this really good-looking cop, and he kept looking at me smiling yeah. and kept walking yeah. by, and I can I can tell he kept wanting to, yeah. like, make an excuse to try to talk to me. And I knew exactly what was going on. He didn't, but I did.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> because, well, you know
1: no, – go ahead.
2: Oh, no, I was – you know, I realized that I forgot to t- – about the tangible stuff on the other side, and you were talking about you know real cooking and things are happening with aprons and baking things.
1: Oh yeah, um, yeah.
2: The Tibetan Master DK says in esoteric astrology this amazing thing. He says you. Um, he said in the in the hierarchy, in other words, in the soul levels that people might think, oh, is that really real? But with the Tibetan Master DK is it's more real, soul and spirit is more real than our dimension, even though we think everything's tangible and the other world is airy-fairy and who knows if it exists. Because yeah. we're living on this side of the sort of spectrum and these more advanced beings are living in the soul world. Well, what he says is there are astrologers, or the astrology, we imagine this, this is just a you know paraphrase, but what he says more or less is, on the inner levels in the hierarchy, the astrologers who are focused on the soul astrology and the spiritual astrology rather than all the stuff that tangible astrologers are discovering, working out with computers and whatever as we evolve with astrology. But in the inner side, he says, there are these amazing charts of the souls of everybody or their spirit, their whole history of who you are in what we might call the Akashic Records. And he says... They are fascinating to look at. He just throws this out as like a little tidbit to show earthlings and people in the material world who may not believe in the other world or are not tuned in. He says, "We look at the stars and the crosses and the grand trines of the, of the charts of the soul of, of you on the earth, you know sort of in the, in the mundane world." And then he says, "And they are made of a material, like a substance that human beings know nothing about. And when he throws that out, I was like, what is he talking about? Because it gets to the heart and soul of all of these spiritual teachings, whatever they are, right? Yes, whatever, yeah. everything that you're sharing, you know, in this dream, or I said the precognitive thing, how can you possibly have this vision of another, you know, like another level of reality out of the body thing that people are reporting. I saw this light. I went out of a tunnel. I met my guardian angel, all these visions. And one of the, the main loved ones who passed away from me, See, she was a lucid dreamer. So she never did that as a profession. Like I've said to you, you know, you should be doing mediumship of of however you do it with intuition based on your skill sets and jewelry and Reiki and so on because that's sort of what you love to do and have developed over many lifetimes. And some people are just, you know, you have to make a living and do different things. But if we're not happy, right, with what we're doing, yes. when yes. like, in other words, I couldn't do in this life, being a doctor. And I wanted to say at the very end of something along those lines to say, but now at least I got out the thing. There is the tangibility, I guess is the best word, to say about what the other worlds are. And this is what Debbie and I were sharing earlier today, which turned me on. So we're actually doing this and we're now almost two hours into it. So we'll hopefully (laughs) put it together in the next nine minutes and she can go on with her evening and me with mine. I want to ask you one other question, if you've ever had this, that's part of this. And if not, we can, and I, and I do, I'm making a list for the next time. This is of great concern to me. People in hospitals who are dying, like you mentioned about, you know, this person who was like, yeah, going to die, not die back and forth until finally um, the vision that you had was like, well, wow, you know, all your elders are sort of getting you ready. Can you let go, right? Detach yourself to know right. not to be afraid. Well, so many people are in pain for various reasons. And over the course of time in hospitals and health centers or hospices to ease the pain, morphine might be given over the years. And one of the the person who passed away recently for me was on something. And I remember seeing it in the hospital and it shocked me. Now we hear a lot about fentanyl, which is so horrific and all this stuff with, you know, bad drugs and so on. And so the loved one was being given a fentanyl drip and I, I went to immediately the nurses and doctors and her main primary care physician, who's now mine. I said, what's going on here with fentanyl? And they said, stop worrying, stop worrying. This is a controlled thing. It's not the bad stuff. It's the equivalent of morphine. Here's my question for you in case this has come up. And out there, I mean, I find it very interesting. My concern has always been with the passing of this loved one, I just got another chill. Through my meditations was always, in passing away, there's a difference between, and we could do like five sessions. Somebody's in an accident. They're in a plane crash, right? A car mm-hmm. crash. They fall down a flight of stairs. They've been sick for a long time. It's chronic. Like, I've I studied medical astrology. Like, Saturn has a lot to do with things that are chronic. Mars has to do with things that are acute. If you cut yourself and you're bleeding, that's a Mars event. You know, if somehow, you know, you... The kitchen knife fell in the wrong place, and you're bleeding, and you got to go to the ER. That's a Mars event. If you hurt yourself and break your leg, that's a Saturn energy. If you're having difficulties with a part of your body, I mean, I'm not saying I put out my shingle as a medical astrologer, but I've studied it. We had yeah. different people over the course of time. Welcome, Planet Earth. Ingrid Naaman was a medical, uh, an astrological medical doctor you know, with her degree in that kind of alternative field and she was writing every month. Um, We have another person um, who is doing a lot of this work in naturopathy for um, Jennifer. She's doing marvelous writing in GPS astrology. I want to carry on this tradition, which is one of the reasons to get into uh, GPS astrology. My daughter who does uh, uh, jewelry, just like you are doing it, jewelry and all these things. But my concern is when people pass pass on, like you mentioned, my mm-hmm. concern is there's one thing, you know, in the in – the, uh, I'm sorry that this has taken a long time to say, but if you read the Dalai Lama and so many others in the Buddhist tradition, the Eastern tradition, the idea is your last thought. If you can pass away in high consciousness or how you pass away, being conscious rather than – you know, some terrible accident or being on drugs or people who die and they have an alcohol problem or a drug addiction. I've I've studied all of these things a lot, but I don't have all the answers that in the transition to go into the heavenly or invisible realms, if you're hooked on stuff, then the transition takes – and we realize time is is an illusion, so to speak, in our dimension. It's it's a much bigger thing where there's no time or what we might call duration – So the question then becomes, I've always been worried that the person who had a fentanyl drip, which happened in my life with my loved one, or morphine, or they're very much addicted to some kind of drugs, and then they pass over, you see, they still have that craving. They still have that desire. And that's an attachment, which could explain the whole thing of ghosts and hauntings and so on, because the person can't satisfy what you were saying, you know, like about this vision hey, It's okay to pass over, stop doing this you know back and forth of going to the e r being in the hospital because you're afraid, so right. people there's one thing about fear and to be able to release from fear, which causes a lot of things like cancer and so on, extreme fear over the course of life, can you know do some terrible things to your solar plexus and other organs
1: if Yeah, you're but it the- could,
0: but the yeah and the fear can also stop people from doing things that they're meant to do that would actually make them happy, which was the the case of my friend's mom. You know, she was terrified of dying. And what was really funny was, again, it's like I I think what people see in the afterlife is based on the religion. Because apparently my friend was telling me about the veil I saw, like the curtain, the veil, that was part of their belief. So I don't know what it was, but that was it, I, but I remember, you know, when she finally let go of that fear and she was looking over and peeking through, seeing, you know, again, the cooking, the, um, you know, the yep. backyard, there was loud music and there was a lot of people <laughs> laughing and having a good yep. time eating food everywhere. You know, and there's her, her mother, you know, with the apron on cooking, you know, and just having a good old time and apparently it was in a in a home that they once occupied which was somewhere in Texas that I've never seen before,
2: but and I was you, able you to describe told, it. You saw this and you told the friend who then was able to sort of make the validate everything. Yeah. So he the the was, was no the, longer afraid.
0: Yeah. And she basically, her last thought
1: was yeah.
0: this isn't so bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, And then the she,
0: end, a, and yeah. then she, and then she went in and then that was it.
1: So and then I did. It.
0: I I was able to see her after because he was like okay. still like oh I miss my I miss her I miss her I miss her yeah
1: right. But
0: I was but but she came back just kind of like what was really funny because one of the things I do remember about her she was a hard woman yeah she was a tough okay. woman but she was a loving woman and she was a good woman she was a short little like stack but she was like dynamite you know yeah. no nothing got past her you know you don't well, you don't pull anything on her she was a tough woman well, and wait, what wait. was.
2: Yes. Well, I was just going to bring up, yeah, because the loved one who passed with the Sentinel and so on, who I I know for a long time, and this is true for so many of you out there, when I met her, she had had a really rough life, and many of you have had this, um, a father dies, a mother dies, a loved one dies, a brother, a sister, you know, uh, a friend when you're very young, and you spend your whole life wondering about these different things, you know what I mean? So she had lost her father, who was beloved, and her whole life was in search to be reunited with this figure. So during the many couple of decades I knew her, and again, the way her life unfolded, and part of it was like what you just described, where she went back and forth into the ICU and the ER. This was like four or five times, and I'm pretty sure it's exactly what you're saying. It was like... Is there is my will I be reunited with my father? Because that was the big hope at some point. And then we have people. Not this. Will, we'll have to talk about it another time. Because again, like I said, we could go on for hours. And we both need to cook our dinners in the real world <laughs> in a few minutes, and not just in the other world. But before we go, can you hang on another few minutes? Sure. Can you hang on? Okay. Yeah. Um Okay. Because there's a couple other things I just want to bring up and get also your response from that. So. So many of you out there, this is like the loved one who passed, like I tried to say, and this is such a terrible thing, you know, bless her soul, to condense a person's life, but, you know, trying for brevity here. So you spend decades missing this beloved figure, and as your own life unfolds and maybe sickness takes on and health issues, you feel more and more, as Debbie was saying, you want to be drawn and sort of end this life, and you want to be reunited, but you don't know, you're afraid, right? Right. And so, so many of all of you know, whether it's yourself or a loved one, back and forth to an ER, to doctors. And that's what happened with my loved one. It was doctor visits till the cows come home. You know, so many different doctors, so many different prescriptions, so many different things that were happening. So that's all, you know, so many of you have this experience for yourself or your loved ones, particularly recently with the COVID thing and other epidemics and other problems, you know, that are just pervasive, right, with yourself, a, a child. A parent, you know, brother, sister, whoever it may be. So um, the thing that I wanted to, to ask about, like that's why I said, I, uh, I am concerned, and maybe we'll talk about it another time and I'll do some research. I've been meditating for a long time now, and in my meditation, though, with the particular loved one, I create these affirmations all the time, which is kind of too make the passage, because time is sort of an illusion, even though it's been a number of years since the passing, is my loved one on the other side, who I believe is sort of a soul and spirit beyond what we might call ultraviolet. They're living in the higher frequencies, you know, because of the good deeds. And this person created many, many good deeds, you know what I mean? Way more than anything, difficult. Everybody's got moments of anger or, you know, indignation or they wish they didn't say something that they said, right? I mean, nobody's perfect. Yeah. Even Jesus, you know, in the story, got angry at the money changers in the temple or in, as in the approach to the temple. It's the one moment of time, and I'm born Jewish, but I've read all the Gospels and different religions, and I look at these particular things. Why, in one situation, does the person who's representing the son of God, at least according to, you know, true Christianity in that understanding, approached the temple. He had been bar mitzvahed. He was a Jewish young person when he was 13, supposedly going on during his three years of ministry from, I mean, in the storylines from 30 to 33. But in one situation, he knocks over the te- the, the tables of people dealing with money, Right. Because mm-hmm. as you're approaching, like you just said, people have different religious experiences. And in the afterlife, they bring that to them, you know, their beliefs, their yeah. vision, their ideals. And what you're saying and what I'm saying, too, is, you know, there isn't, at least if you accept, folks, what we're sharing, and many of you may not. You might say, hey, you know, according to Catholicism, like, you know, this there's heaven and hell, there's one life, there's no reincarnation. By the way, at the time of Jesus, there wasn't a, a firm thing in Christianity And the Roman Empire didn't even accept Christianity until the Emperor Constantine, this is just another fact, Mm -hmm. around 320-something A.D., because they had been, you know, throwing Christians to the lions in the Colosseum. This had been been going on ever since the birth of Christianity. They were, you know, um, being crucified. They were being killed off. But then the emperor had actually saw something in the sky, like a heavenly portent, uh, which made a cross. It was actually an eclipse or a comet or whatever. He converted to Christianity, and that's how we get, um, you know, the center of Christianity should be Jerusalem. That's the center of of peace. Why is it in Rome? Because Rome, after 300-plus years of persecuting Christians, became the center, you see, of Christianity, hence the Vatican, right? The Pope, then eventually Martin Luther. I mean, unfortunately, I laugh. I've studied this thing on history. You know, Martin Luther, Protestantism, which all these different denominations is the protest against Catholicism and so on. But now, even in the Middle East, you know, I get another chill. We have Israel and 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 um, Iran. We have different countries at loggerheads. We've got nuclear energies. We've got all these scary things in the world, the, the war between Putin, and, you know, uh, and Russia and Ukraine, you know, nuclear missiles and stuff, these danger things. This is like talk about power that human beings, like, you know, be careful what you wish for, you know, with money and power. But back to Jesus, the thing in that situation was, it's, they're going into the temple, which should be a holy place, right? A place of spirituality. And there was the the capitalism of that time, you know, money, coins, buying and selling. You see what I mean? Which is so too much of the materialization of the worth of who – what he was trying to teach, of, you know, loving one another, the parables, you know, 12 disciples, you know, opening the door to something that even, you know, Judaism at that time rejected and in many ways still rejects. So we have this whole thing of religion. We have in the uh, Alice Bailey uh, teachings, they talk about the difference between churchianity and Christianity, and they use that term, churchianity. This is just, I'm not, look, if people go to church or they go to temple or mosque, whatever, Buddhism, Taoism, um, different religion, I'm all for it. As long as, you know, the, tr- the true love and understanding, you know, gets conveyed in our daily lives rather than that's... being so attached to principles from so such a long time ago that we forget that the world is evolving you know and changing exactly. and people's mores and their you know abilities and our understanding there is one other thing i want to bring up but why don't you put together you know um for today and then i have two little posing things but please you know this is kind of a remarkable first beginning and i've written down not to make you people freak out but for a future thing i want to talk about um you, whether you're experiencing not exorcism because of that movie, the exorcist and some things about exorcism, you know, and also in astronomy, we have what's called supernovas. So in the world of good and evil, you know, our sun should be lasting for another 5 billion years and we have a kind of steady sun and we're in a solar flare cycle that is now a major cycle. We do have to be worried about like what are called solar flares and coronal mass ejections that, you know, back there was one in 1859 it's called the Carrington event. I did a whole podcast. I talked to coast to coast. You know, people who get involved with cryptocurrencies or all of our, you know, banks online, if we were to have one of these solar events, you see, where the sun blasts out part of its plasma and hits the earth directly, we've created so much of the internet, right, and all this electronic media. Like, again, this morning, I mean, earlier, we were hearing, I was hearing this high-pitched thing to the point where we couldn't do this. Now, in this session, we haven't heard it at all you know what I mean? Right. And yeah. maybe it was fire sign Aries versus now, you know, Taurus more stability and we haven't had that kind of thing come in or we just needed to wait. So I want to talk about things in the future. I want to go back uh, the next time to hospitals and things like again, people who have to leave the earth and they can't leave it in clear consciousness so that their highest thoughts, as you mentioned with that person, you know, um, that they're not having their highest thoughts. And again, car accidents, plane crashes, you know, people fall down a flight of stairs. You know, it's like suddenly a shocking thing, which is more connected to the planet Uranus, where surprises and shocks. The question then becomes, how does the soul, you know, of the person get through on the other side? You know, there may be a party waiting for a lot of people, Debbie, as you said, which is great. (laughs) After so many years of somebody back and forth, which makes total sense to me, logically. And then that person is released from their fears and is able to finally get through. And as you said, you sort of picked up again, like the person is still missing their earth you know, relatives and so on, but like at least they're happy on the other side because they, they got rid of their fear. Right. So maybe a little bit more, you know, again, and um, I hope you don't mind, but there's another big thing, which is psychic photography. And I'll mention something about that because photography, which came in with, discovery of neptune daguerreotypes this is back in the 1840s and again things like the gold rush the start of communism and socialism in europe Um, neptune is considered the higher octave to venus a planet of love and understanding and neptune has a lot to do with universal love and spirituality and higher creativity artists musicians and so on um people in theater um, people who are creative on all levels often neptune is strong and you have a very strong neptune which is what opens the door to psychic energies. So, okay. you know, I want to go toward that direction, you know, in a in a follow-up. But for today, uh, closing thoughts, and then I'll have one final comment. But anything you want to say, please do share it.
0: Okay. Um, you know, again, uh, one of the things that I, I thought I wanted to share with everybody was just about, you know, things that happen with people after, you know, after death. That right. I have seen, that I could share, and I'm only bringing it up because it's like you know there could be people out there that could you know need to hear what I'm what I'm giving them, um, okay. just like the the people like that I've given the message to needed to hear it. Um, like years ago, um, I had a friend, uh, a neighbor uh, friend who uh, you know her her daughter had passed from cancer, and okay. her daughter her daughter was younger. You know, she was maybe about seven, eight years old. And mm-hmm. when she had, you know, she had passed and it was obviously very tragic. I'd never met them at that point. I, I met them like maybe a year or two after the passing. Thank goodness, because I could not handle that. <laughs> but yeah. I remember, um, you know, one day we were all just like a you know, bunch of us just hanging out with our kids together and stuff. And uh, all of a sudden, her daughter just came to me. Mm -hmm. And she had, and apparently she had a message and it was funny because one of the things that I saw that she showed me was that she was older. She had, she was wearing, she was wearing different clothes. She was wearing clothes that were more on trend for the period. And she wasn't the seven year, eight year old little, little cute little girl that she was when she passed. She was a child much older. Okay. And I told her, oh, she's got long hair now and, you know, she's got her nails done. I distinctly remember having her, her <laughs> nails, you know, she had a little little bit of lip gloss and I'm like, I don't know, you you know, mom, if you're going to be upset, but she's wearing makeup. <laughs> but, but it right. was just like a little, little bit of lip gloss, but it was just really funny. She had done her hair, and you know, her hair was different and everything else. She was wearing trendy, cute clothes for the appropriate of her, her age group. Right. And she had told me, she's like, you know, she, I'm 13. And yes. I told her, I told my friend, I'm like, oh, she says she's 13. And then she was believing all the things that I was telling her. Oh, well, I see her this, she's telling me this, and she's telling me that. And as soon as I told her she was 13, the sales went down. And she just <laughs> like, like, no, she wasn't 13. You know, she was only, you know, blah, blah, when she, you know, when she passed. I'm like, no, but she's saying she's 13 now. And then she started doing the math. She's like, no, she wouldn't have been 13 now. That's not true. And then I can see the little girl in my my mind's eye. (laughs) She had this major attitude. Oh, I'm 13. (laughs) Like, don't tell me I'm 13. You're wrong. So when I told the mom that she was giving her an attitude, she started laughing. She's like, yeah, she was a feisty little girl. And apparently (laughs) nothing's changed. And when she thought about it, she's like, wait a minute, you know what, in about three, four months would have been her birthday, she would have been 13. And I don't know if, well, you you know, Mark, because you've got girls, you know, girls cannot wait to become a teenager.
1: Right, right. You know
0: that's that's you know the moment that they can't wait. Woohoo! I'm an I'm a teenager. I'm an adult, and this and that. So this is so you know you know by her mom telling her, oh, she wasn't she wasn't a teenager. You know you're you know you're trying to make me a baby. You know, yeah. I'm thirteen. You know I <laughs> mean? So the lesson that I I got, which was I thought was very strange and very funny, very amusing, very cute. Was that apparently they do age on the other side.
1: <laughs> okay. And
0: in the way that I see it, because I was having this conversation with somebody, it seems to me almost as though the reason why they age is because just like anything else, you know, people get, you know, when you age, you get wisdom. On yeah. the other side, she's got all this wisdom. Because, you know, it's, you know, time, of course, is not the same. You know, five minutes here is like,
1: yeah. you know,
0: uh, or five minutes there is like 20 years here. who You know, yeah. time is irrelevant. But I, I believed what she was trying to show, you know, yeah, not only is she older, but it's mostly because of, you know, knowledge that she had gained. But she was also very happy on the other side. And she was living her life, you know, yeah. painted nails. She was getting her hair done. You know, she was hanging out with her friends. And it was so funny because it, the time, as quick as she came in, she wanted to leave. And it wasn't like, oh, well, the spirit's got to leave. She has no more energy. She's, no, it wasn't like that. It was like, I'm with my friends. I don't want to sit here and talk to my mom. <laughs> I, I well, want to hang out with my friends, you know. Well, so – you know, I just thought, you know, because some people, you know, they, you know, they, I know. It, sometimes it, it's heartening to hear that, that you know, because when people see, you know, children pass, it's it's a horrible sight. It's a horrible thing.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: But just, but maybe, you know, just from seeing this one experience, you know, that I've sat, I've had and I've seen, you know, they do get older. You know, and they do have, you know, they are happy on the other side and they do live in their, you know, they they do experience joy because years later, I remember telling the, her husband and her husband, he, you know, he was very much, oh, that's yeah. just nonsense. That's nonsense. And then yeah. my friend passed from cancer. Yeah. And mm-hmm. years later, like four years later, five years later, she she passed of cancer. And one day after she had passed, he had told me about the strange dream he had. And uh, because I remember I was telling him, yeah, well, your daughter now, she looks very much like your other daughter because they had another daughter after the one passed. And Mm -hmm. they looked just alike because she was also about 12, 13. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, she looks exactly like her. She's tall, blah, blah, blah. I described, he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But then after she had passed, my friend had passed, He's like he said he woke up in the middle of the night because he saw somebody standing at the foot of his bed, and well, when he had opened his eyes and half asleep, he saw what he thought was his daughter, his you know the you know the, the current daughter, but then right. when he looked again, he realized it wasn't it was his other daughter that had passed, and the one and she looked identical exactly the way I had described her.
2: Well, look, and, if we can go go on for, can we go on for a couple more minutes? Yes. Yeah, Is that yeah, your yeah. cooking or, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let me bring something in and then I'll have you share a little bit more if you don't mind. Just remember yeah. where you're at. There's one thing about when I first met a loved one who passed on having to have the fentanyl drip and, you know, lost her father and a hard life. And as you told the story back and forth into, you know, uh, ERs, and ICUs, it, it, it was, it's very exactly w- what you were describing. And having the fear of, is, it, is, is reuniting with my father, which is what she had always hoped going to be, this reunion, you know? And it took her a long time. And finally, because of a lot of health issues, she had that. But when I first met her, she told me a story. And she also had had an out-of-body experience that almost took her life when she was 11 years old.
1: Oh. So
2: she. when I told her about my... Event at age 22 of meeting my guardian angel and understanding, and that's true for me still now every day, every yeah. every moment of the day, realizing there is a higher spirit soul that I'm part of. As I brought up the Jung idea, as a male individual in this life, what uh-huh. is called the the anima, and for women, it's called the animus. I, I think we have to recognize Carl Jung. This you know, after Freud, we have this other figure, Carl Jung who actually studied the charts of married people. Uh, Liz Green, one of the great astrologers of our time, who's from England, has written one book that I still have sitting here. I have to go through about Carl Jung and all of his work. This is where we get the idea of synchronicity, you know, the term of like synchronicity instead of coincidence. When we say, well, that was an accident. That was a coincidence. No, Mm -hmm. according to the higher principles that we're now learning, things are synchronistic. And we use the term, are you in sync? S-Y-N-C. We have that as a short and firm. So I'm not right. saying uh, he was the only person, but many different people, this whole idea, was, um, there are movies now, there are stories you know, about synchronicity. Another thing in the future, uh, the next time, about different, we, we've all heard now, and one book was literally called Soulmates, about soulmates. We all have these ideas. Well, I found my soulmate. Another female, male, friend, whoever it is, and now this is the person I've been looking for my whole life. And there's another concept don't want to get into it right now called twin souls. There are different things where, mm-hmm. where I want to go for a moment is a couple of things. When my loved one was going through the thing that you described back and forth, it was, uh, you know, for years, ER, yeah. ICU, coming home, getting healthcare, you know, everything changed, getting disability, couldn't get uh security, uh, social security, but got disability and so on. Finally, there was a book sitting in the room, and it was just, we, we never opened. It was called You Can Never Die. It was written by a Canadian author who had all these chapters. And when, when she passed, I started reading that book, chapter by chapter, slowly and carefully for weeks on end, about ghosts, about apparitions, all real stories. This is not, I mean, fabricated events around the world, right, of people mm-hmm. reporting the lo- you know loss of loved ones in hospitals, yeah. right, a plane crash a haunting you know quotes here's what i saw here's what i experienced he compounds the whole thing it's called you can never die and there was a dove on the cover like with a kind of spiritual thing the dove has always represented particularly in christianity the dove of like like the holy ghost the idea of spirituality you know kind of a yeah
1: uh,
2: angels often in the form of doves and and birds well to this day um my loved one gave me a ring that has Chiron on it. We wear it every day, okay? It has the centaur. I call it Chiron. There's a different pronunciations. I know you said Chiron, but I usually call it it's C-H-I-R-O-N. Okay. I-R-O-N. But it's really a K sound, but it doesn't matter how you pronounce it. The point is this is a key part, and I didn't say this before. I would mention Mercury is very strong for you talked about the Mercury retrograde. Mercury rules the hands and hand-eye coordination has a lot to do with the Ajna center, the third eye. And you have Mercury trine Chiron and it's exact. And we never talked about it. So you have the healer. So, you know, see, you're the healer and you're tuning into people's wounds, psychically, emotionally, physically and able to interpret that because it turns out in your chart, aside from the strong Neptune and other things without giving everything away, and you also have Pisces very strong. So you have all the water signs. Again, It's interesting
0: say, that you really say that because when I look at my mediumship and my abilities yeah. and stuff, I I look at that as a healing.
1: Right. That's well, that's, that's the exactly reason
0: why I do
2: it.
1: Yeah. That's very interesting.
2: And that's the astrology that I'm doing, whether I do it like where somebody says, I heard Saturn was doing this, when will it be over? Which is more of like the Western thing of like I want that to be over. And by the way, just like My my love of baseball, it's Yogi Berra, the former catcher of the Yankees, who's the one who said, it ain't over till it's over. So we all use that (laughs) phrase now because we've heard it. Many people know, oh, I think it was a baseball player. Yeah. (laughs) He batted fourth when Mickey Mantle, my hero, was number three. They wore uh, numbers seven and eight. So that's where we get a lot of the spiritual numbers of seven representing spirituality. Eight is an incredible power number in particular. It's revered very much in in Asia, the numbers eight and eight, eight. Has a lot to do with all kinds of things with the, Qi, uh, with the, the I Ching, with Qi energy, and um, things like that, hexagrams, and all kinds of stuff, that, which are 64 of them, which is eight squared, just part of the thing, which is a checkerboard and a chessboard, throwing things at you left and right. At any rate, I read the You Can Never Die book. But the other thing, aside from having this ring that I wear every day, my loved one bought me a bird, a silver bird on a sterling silver uh, chain. So I was always wearing that before she passed. And when when um, when it was the cemetery experience, and, remo- you know, this is like, again, chills, you know, up and down my spine. I had to follow the what she wanted, which was kind of for me to be there as the lone person representing her family at the time. And there was two people at the cemetery, you know, who I'd range everything. And here's the weird thing, Debbie. There were three workers who were opening, you know, putting... The bo- you know, the body was already in a coffin and going mm-hmm. into the ground. And I looked at the people and it was interesting because it made me feel, even though I'm not born as a Christian, well, I forget what the name were for, but it was almost like, you know, biblical names like Matthew, right? One of the gospel writers, John and somebody else. And they one they just looked as if it was like 2000 years ago, right? And yeah. was, nobody else was there, and there was a woman and a man who were representatives of the cemetery. So the feminine masculine, there's me, right? And then what happened was, as this is all happening and everything is silent, okay, there wasn't any, you know, large numbers of people there, suddenly out of nowhere, a flock of geese, and I guess this you know, came over the site, you know, flying from the west toward the east and flew like twelve birds exactly over the burial. And oh, wow. It's like chills happening right now. The woman, her name, this is so weird what happened here. Vanessa, this is a woman. What happened was is that I was in charge of having to make the decision of how my loved one would be buried, and we hadn't figured that out. And so I had to make the decision. It was literally like my loved one was going to go to hospice the next day coming out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. and either coming home with hospice or somewhere else. And when they gave me that information, that's when she passed. I had to run down the hall. I was literally told, like, you have to, you know, she can't stay in the hospital. Here's what's going to happen. That was after a week, okay? Right, right. So then what happened was is that I ran, and that's when she passed, and all these different things happened. And then it was a little over a week later at the cemetery. These birds flew over like 12, like the disciples, like the number 12, the 12 Right, right.
1: And they just
2: flew over exactly, not to the left, not to the right, right over our heads. And the woman, Vanessa, who was the main person, turned to me and I turned to her because she had known a little bit about, like, who I was, astrology and metaphysics and so on. We're getting our little signal here. (laughs) Bear with me. Okay, you still there with me? Yes. Yeah, that's the universe saying we're we're going to run out of time because, like, a <laughs> okay, but at any rate, that's the signal from the higher realms. But what I wanted to say was, here was the other extraordinary thing, is that we turned to one another, didn't say a word, and she looked at me as like, everything that you've told me, Mark, about your loved one is true, because the birds flying over in the V-shaped formation. It's not that I said anything about it in advance, but just about she knew I was, and I showed her my bird and she said, you know, it was like in her eyes, it's like, oh my God, you know, oh my God, I can't believe what we're experiencing. Now, here's the other weird part of the story. I got to finish this, unfortunately, to keep you longer. (laughs) A little over a year later, and this is a true story, you know, I hope it's okay that I share it, but at any rate, I was, about to go a little bit away, and um, I had to make future burial or, you know, cemetery plans for myself at some point in the future with the same place. And I went there because I was leaving the state, and I just wanted to let people know and let her know. So I went over to the cemetery that I would be, you know, for a week out of Oregon in case something happened, you know, with my daughters or, Rick, you know, if something happened to me, who died or something. And I yeah. go to the office, and I say, can I talk to Vanessa? And she looked, the clerk looks at me with tears in her eyes and said, I guess you don't know. I said, I don't know what. She says, well, she liked to ride motorcycles. And a week or so ago, this is right around, you know, just before I went in there, she was riding her motorcycle and wild turkeys flew in her path and she died. Oh, wow. And so this was one year, about a little over a year after uh, my loved one passed. So yeah. she, the other person, the older person, the older man had already left the cemetery and retired. So she was the only other person. And I was thinking just what you were saying. Oh, my. It was like, oh, my God, I feel so bad because she had kids and a husband. And then I realized she is with my loved one on the other side.
1: Yeah.
2: And I hope my loved one was able, you know, would be recognizing this person who was there at the burial.
1: And it was yeah, like, you've yeah.
2: got to be kidding me. How is this happening? Why would that person who was, in, you know, younger than both of us, in the prime of life, who simply liked, you know, there are ter- wild turkeys right where I live. In fact, the last couple of days, it, often they're on another block. And the last two days, on two different spots, just to bring up this thing, which is why that that sound probably just came up, and we're talking about it and bringing it up, They were not only were there wild turkeys like a block and a half, Yesterday, they were on my lawn. In other words, they getting closer. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. So, and now we're talking the story. So back to you, you know, another one yeah. of these real events. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. See, for me, I believe that everybody is here for, has a specific amount of time. Not <laughs> Not so much that they only have a specific amount of time, but there's, you know, certain things were meant to do. You know, and, and, you know, and once, you know, once you're done, then you're, you move on and you, you know, there's other things that you're meant to do. So, you know, I, you know, I, I don't feel like, you know, I, you know, that I just feel like, you know, that person, she was meant to be here for a certain amount of time, but then that, that was her time. And then she had to move on, you know, that's, that's kind of how I believe on those particular cases, because I, I had a situation like that, um, with a friend she, uh, knew her since, uh, high school. And then she had passed away at a very, very early age. And, uh, yeah. So it was, you know, something that you didn't really expect, but it was kind of funny because we, back when I was starting, you know, seeing things and getting these little messages and stuff like that, I remember we were in high school, she, she, we had bought a book on on palm reading and just Mm -hmm. thought it would be kind of funny reading like poems yeah. and, oh, yeah, well, here's my lifeline. It looks like I'm going to live till, like, I'm, like, <laughs> 90 or something like that. Okay, great, whatever. And then I looked at her. She's like, oh, well, read mine. So I looked at hers, and hers were, her lifeline was incredibly short.
1: Really? So
0: short that it, that it spooked the hell out of me. And I just, like, oh, I don't know. I can't tell. But I could tell I just didn't want to say anything to her because it spooked me. And we never yeah. spoke about it. And she, sure enough, she ended up dying in her early 20s just exactly how, you know, so, you know, that, that was kind of interesting, but, you know, I, I just, you know, it was funny because I guess all the signs were there, you know, because it was like, you know, it was almost as though she knew as well that she had a short amount of time because she lived life. She, well, what, what is that saying? She ate the, the, the bone marrow of life. You know what I mean? Oh,
1: <laughs> she, yeah, yeah.
0: she, she wanted live, to experience yeah, She lived life to the fullest, and she had every experience she could, and people thought she was wild and crazy, but I see I see it for what it was now, because she just had a sense that she wasn't going to live very long, so she wanted to have all these amazing experiences.
2: Let, let me also give validity. You know, folks, thank you for bearing with us for two and a half hours. I've done over three hours, huh? and I'm not going to make you do it, but there's a couple more things I have to say, because... Debbie and I, you know, have different levels of our expertise, and I want to give validity now to palmistry of a higher sort. So I'll I'll just share this. As many of you know, if you study it, you know each finger. Like there's a Jupiter finger, which is the first finger. Saturn in astrology is connected second finger. I believe it's Mercury with the pinky. Um, the lines of energy, like um, lifeline, love line, and so on. Now. In the hands of somebody who is a con artist or something, you know, might want to, you know, get, you know, so many dollars and say, I'm reading your poem. Two things I want to mention about this. When I got into astrology in the very beginning, okay, in New York City, and I read Astrology, the Space Age Science was the first book. And I mentioned this a lot on Coast to Coast when I'm on there. By the way, I'm on Coast to Coast, everybody, on November 23rd, the night before Thanksgiving, between 10 and 12. Uh, pacific time and it's the day of a new moon and jupiter jupiter goes direct so if you're listening to this please tune in coast to coast or become a coast insider with for only like six dollars and it's on am channels but you don't have to listen on the radio if you sign up to get all these different wonderful you know broadcasts and interviews of so many soulful creative people and you can listen to if, if you sign up, you can get five years into the past, and I've been on the show like maybe 12 or 13 times. You can listen to all the past interviews. Having said that, when I got into astrology, okay, it's the first book, as a kind of joke, okay, in New York City, I went to two palm readers, Debbie. Okay, so again, you're bringing up all these stories. Yeah. By the way, folks, it's like, you know, uh, Debbie is. Somebody who pays me, and I joked around earlier. Like now, I'm going to have to start paying you for being part of our podcasting episodes here because this is so awakening—not just for me and for her—and we're learning as we're doing this thing, which is part of astrology and Tarot and numerology. Just so you know, everybody, you know, it's 50 years. Every day, I'm learning something new. You know, this is the esoteric keynote for disciples out of the uh, Bailey material and Tibetan Master DK. We have it on the back cover. Of GPS astrology behold I make all things new that's considered a an affirmation we should all use if you feel you're a neophyte or a disciple like Debbie was talking about being second degree Reiki so there's still a third degree out there right yeah no matter how far any of you feel hey I was advanced to this level by the way (laughs) there's always going to be another level now we're Uh discovering right the, the, the James Webb telescope is making us see like after Hubble star systems, galaxies, you know, planetary atmospheres and other solar systems, because we we have the science to be able to say, well, what are these um, percentages of methane or different things in the atmosphere which tell us, you know, the quality of the atmosphere, whether there's oceans like on a so-called Goldilocks planet in another star system. Not that we're ever really going to get there unless we go through a wormhole or something like that, but it's just fascinating to learn about, you know, time displacement, you know, when we when we hear about well the you know the the beginning of of a big bang thirteen billion years ago, and we we look out in space and say wow we can see like a star explodes a supernova and somebody say it's so many light years away, you know like it's t- two thousand light years away let's just say that means that what we're seeing happened two thousand years ago even though we only see it now well how's that possible because the universe is so big right back right. to the back to the ha- uh, palm palmistry and I realize. To many of you might think this is so ridiculous. It's the gypsy fortune teller. You go in, you make <laughs> a role. And it was literally, Debbie, 10 or $15. I went to one in Manhattan at one of those places. It was literally one of those little places, right? And in the yeah. in the window was like gypsy fortune teller, right? Read your palm, $10, right? So my right. friend and I went in. any rate, I went in, and the woman looked at my palm, and this is what's so fascinating. I was just getting into astrology, and she looked, and the first thing she said was, you're going to live to be 84 years old, and then she told me some other stuff. Well, I learned later that the planet Uranus, which is a planet that's stationary at my birth, not moving, and extra powerful, has an 84-year cycle. So I remembered this. You know, it's like why did the why did the palmist say that? Like, what did they see? Well, you know, again, without knowing any more about the Uranus thing at that point, I went to another one in the Borough of Queens, um, where I was born, just like the former. President of the United States was born in the borough of Queens. That's where I grew up for 25 years. That's one of the boroughs uh, in New York City. And I went to another one of these places, right? Just to, you know, kind of like getting a second opinion, right? You go to a doctor. Hey, I need a second opinion on my palms. You know, somebody said 84, blah, blah, blah. And I go to this other one. And she says the same thing. And both women, like right off the bat, it wasn't like, oh, let's look at your love line, your lifeline. It was the first thing they both said. Now, I don't think I even – I might have given my birth, and maybe they knew some astrology, but even if they did, and they knew that Uranus had the year for a cycle, how did two different gypsy fortune tellers looking in my palm, right, say the same year? You know, it's not like they were, you know, like, hey, you know, uh, Josie, again, this guy is going to come into your parlor. I said 84. It's not like this was a conspiracy. We're talking like 1972, you know what I mean? (laughs) That didn't happen. They weren't like, oh, you know, my cousin over there, you better get ready for this guy. It's not like I said to somebody, oh, I'm going to, you know, the one in Manhattan, I'm going to talk to some other one in, in Queens and see. It was completely, and it was like, I never forgot that. Yeah. How did that happen? So the point is, is that, like you're saying, it's almost like from the future, from my studies of astrology, I would remember this years later. And one of the things that's really, the love one I'm talking about, I'll never forget this, and I'm doing it right now, because I, I went and got an acupuncture treatment because of the James Reston story where the, you know, the Chinese doctor using acupuncture during the Nixon time saved his life, right? And I said, this has actually opened the door for a lot of the stuff we all do, Reiki and all these other things. Healing with gemstones, with you know, which we'll do more in the in the second session, you know, on things like that, jewelry and talismans. So my loved one, right at the beginning, her her hands were hurting because she had a lot of injuries. And without saying anything to her, right, I said, give give me your hand for a second. She was in bed with her books and she was in pain. I said, just close your eyes. I want to do something for a second, right? And I used it was like, let's assume it's her left hand, I forget which hand it was, and I'm a right-handed person. I take my thumb, right? And I press fairly strongly on what's called the mound of Venus, which is under your thumb, if you know those terms, you know, that fleshy area, right?
1: That we
2: all have right under our thumb. Uh And I start pressing on it. And I press and I hold my finger. She looks at me and says, oh my God. I said, what's Oh, you know, I post. She says, no, "No, don't stop, don't stop. <laughs> Painful, but it, there's something that's happening. You know, it's it's a good thing. Just keep doing it. It feels like it's good, right? And that opened the whole door for me. And it's not like I practiced this, folks. Again, right. do not say, you know, Mark, I want you to do Reiki and do acupressure and be <laughs> you know, like in Idaho and take a trip and I'll pay you ten thousand dollars of you know of what you said." And I am, you know, laughing and Debbie is laughing too. The point is, this is a real experience. And ever since then, which is like over 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. I've actually healed myself, okay, like shoulders. I can feel it right now. There's a sore spot. I can just put pressure in that spot. I do this, I also did it for years with on the bottom of your feet, like there's this certain area, like under the big toe and below that mound, there's a certain spot there. And that spot often is why people have tension in their feet and then there's stuff with your fingers and all that. Now, that's my thing. And I'm not going out there to say everybody, you know, press on that area around your thumb. The point was that whatever it was, it released all of this tension. And for the rest of knowing her, she would say, can you press on that spot, you see, and on both hands or on her feet? And it worked. You know, it's it's not like, you know, yeah. I was a physician, but I had learned that this worked. And I, one other time, yeah. and then please continue. I had a sinus congestion. And, I'm, again, I'm telling her, be careful with this thing. Don't overdo it. Okay, don't. I don't want to hear people writing, I pressed for five hours on my loved one's thing, and now they're in the hospital. No, <laughs> this is like be careful. And if the loved one says you're pressing too hard or you're out of your mind or, like, it's not hurting good, you know, it's hurting bad. So the point is, is that this was our experience, so please understand that. That's the fine print. But the thing is, is that um, whether it's migraines, and she was also having migraines at times, it would help relieve those things. Now, you could say it's like, well, it's your loved one doing it, right? Your loved one is giving you attention, so some kind of physiologist psychologist Poor Mark, he thinks that pressing on that you know, the area was actually the thing and it was because he was attending to his loved one's needs and it was more that. You know, there's always some psychologists, right, who will say it isn't spiritual, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like it's all neurons and that you know, I mean I see this all the time. Anyone you talk about skeptics and it's great. But there are these things that you're talking about and I'm talking about. There's thousands of these things. Like in the Edgar Casey, fourteen thousand readings. You know, Rudolf Steiner, Alice Bailey, Tibetan Master DK, Atlantis, Lemuria, you know, ancient sites and all these different things. Um, And one other thing is people in the, this is from Rudolf Steiner's teachings. The temples of Jupiter and Juno and places, like right now when women particularly, or men, when you go to a health spa, right? We have health spas everywhere, right? Some are ritzy and hotels and so on, whirlpools and everything else. If you went to the temple of Venus, or Temple of Juno, right, particularly for women, 2,000 years ago, that's where you did those things. You know, massage, oils, facial treatments, and so on. Then there was like Vestal Virgin connected to Vesta, you know, which were also connected to warriors and soldiers and things that might have been more sensual or sexual. It was not not the guidance energy that was like giving out what was called the Pythonist, who would give out oracle, oracular things. And astrology has connections to oracles and so on. But what we now have in going to health spas and other kinds of alternative health places, they actually, there was two things. The reason I brought this up, Rudolf Seiner said that the ancient architects were given guidance. And I read this in particularly a couple of his books, Egyptian myths and mysteries and so on that they would build and they were guided Debbie and the audience out there to create like like Notre Dame is not just Notre Dame. It's created with musical intent. Same thing in India around the places. There's all these connections to the, the 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 musical scale and healing properties of how the buildings were created. Same thing like with Stonehenge, the Great Pyramid. I think a lot of people watch these shows on History Channel, Ancient Aliens, you know. Now the Unexplained with William Shatner. There's a lot of places people can just go, like, to the History Channel or online and YouTube. I know you know, facilities. But these are things that came out of the real world, you know, of these, you know, um, I, I've been to Shark Cathedral. I've been to Notre Dame. Fortunate enough to, to be in those places and feel those energies that were built a thousand years ago. And these other places that were built, some of which were destroyed. I, I've been to the Parthenon. That's an incredible structure. And so on around the world, all these vortexes, but th- there's based on music and spirituality. It's not just like, wow, look at how cool this is. There's actually this musical and sort of otherworldly thing that you're talking about, the invisible you know, powers that are part of these places.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry to,
2: to, to, to get into all those things. Are we ready to sort of finish up, I think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, we're going to go on for the next time, hopefully in the near future, if that's okay with you, Debbie. You know, I haven't like completely exhausted you for the next like six months.
1: (laughs) No,
0: not at all. Not at all.
2: Okay. Well, there's two other quotes. The last thing I just want to say, and by the way, did you ever see the Gladiator movie, you know, with Russell Crowe, you know, that whole
1: thing? Okay,
2: Maximus, Maximus. Before we started, I, I knew there was something because that he won the best actor and that won the best movie it was like 1999 okay and there, near the beginning he wants to get his soldiers who are fighting in what they call germania you know this one of the last things of the emperor uh uh marcus aurelius who's who's about to die and they have Commodus, as his son is about to kill him and so on but before that happens they have this battle and he's the captain or the, you know, of the Groman legion. And he says, as part of his quote, to get them all rallied, he says, brothers, what we do in life echoes in eternity. What we do here in life, you know, in this battle echoes yeah. in eternity. I love that quote because it's exactly yeah. what he's saying. Here's where we are. You want your life to be meaningful. We want to create as much goodwill and love and understanding, learn all these lessons heal ourselves, heal others in different techniques. And that's what I love. You know, some of these movie things um, in that movie also, just before the emperor is actually killed by, you know, uh, uh Joaquin Phoenix plays that role to perfection. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: You
2: know, versus Russell Crowe and they go back and forth. There's an, one other remarkable line because the emperor sort of knows his son is not the moral person. He says, he says Commonus is not a moral man, okay, to to uh, to Maximus. He wants Maximus to come in. Maximus wants to go home to his wife and child. He's tired of doing all this battling, right? And he's just said the thing, and he survived and they won this battle. Brothers, what we do in life, echoes in eternity. And he talks about Elysium, you know, in the heavenly realms, and if you're dead, well you're dead, you know, but then you're gonna be in Elysium and you're a soldier of Rome and so on. Anyway, so Maximus says, No, I don't want to do this, and so on. And they have um the actor, the great actor, who then passed away as the older uh emperor, and he says yeah. he says, Maximus, you've never been to Rome, but he can't persuade Russell Crowe, you know, in that role to do it. And then Russell Crowe seems to just say, Look, I've had enough, I want to go home. And and then there's this other great line where the emperor says But Maximus, what is Rome? He's trying, because, uh, and I read the meditations of Marcus Aurelius. He was like the wisest of all these emperors. You hear about Caligula, Julius Caesar, you know, Hadrian and so on. Uh, Nero fiddling, you know, while Rome is burning, you know, all these terrible things. But but Marcus Aurelius wanted to change to go back to a Senate. And he he says, he says, um, Rome is meant to become a republic again i i feel that you're the son i never had and maximus was not do it that's what leads to then Commoners killing him the whole rest of the story to be the gladiator you see and have to work back this, this destiny pattern you know of having to do this thing he goes back to italy you know i'm spoiling for everybody his wife and his son are terribly burned and destroyed he's taken, you know, to do this whole odyssey of gladiators and selling where, you know, Maximus, Maximus, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? (laughs) It's just interesting as a storyline. I just wanted to end because we almost all of us have seen this movie. It won Best Actor for Russell Crowe. He went on to other things. Um, Phenomenal actor and a phenomenal script by by Ridley Scott, by the way, whose brother got cancer and then jumped off a bridge about... um, tony scott this is another story so i do want to talk to you about people at some point whatever you've encountered who feel either suicidal don't you know whether it's drugs they've lost loved ones maybe we can bring that in at some point any of your experiences you know what i mean as terrible as that concept is because there's so many people who feel like is life worth living and again that movie was just so extraordinary at the very end when russell crowe you know is, is dying there um, at the end, and has killed Commodus again, folks. You don't have to watch the movie now if you never saw it, because Mark <laughs> just gave you the cliff notes version. But anyway, <laughs> as, we, as we end here, his his woman friend, who's like the the daughter of Marcus Aurelius, who then is going to sort of be kind of the the, the empress of Rome temporarily. She says to all these people on the on the Colosseum floor, "He was a soldier of Rome. Honor him." and they have this beautiful music and they all pick him up and walk out with him. And that's sort of the beautiful music and the end, you know what I mean? Of the show, yeah. you know, and it sort of brings so much together. It was such a wonderfully done storyline and so appropriate, you know, for our time. And the fact that it actually won, you know, a best actor for the lead person, you know, it wasn't like controversial or they didn't get the awards and it won the best picture. So every time it's on, you know, I, I watch it. So, um, <laughs> Anyway, love and blessings to everybody out there if you've gone through this. This is not the longest one I've ever done with anybody, including my, doing it on my own. So, Debbie, we've, we've <laughs> fallen short of three hours. Now now you're going to need some of that acupressure from a loved one on, on your thumb area and, and whatever else. Taking, Taking a stroll before you make dinner or anything else so that like both of us need to sort of get, get a little exercise, right. And heal ourselves. (laughs) True. Yep. Okay. Well, look, thank you for, for starting all this and I do have this list. And so I'll give you a little bit of time in another week or so, whenever we have a chance and whatever ideas you want to share for the next one as well. I have a, a list and, you know, we did, we accomplished a lot, but I do feel it's almost like, if this is the appetizer, right, um, right, speaking of the food thing, then we have the main, another main course, although this seems like a seven-course appetizer, then the main <laughs> course, then we do a third, like the trinity of, like, the dessert. And maybe if we can right. pull together three of these things over a couple of weeks, the folks out there will find this as a real treat. Because there is all this astrology, tarot, numerology, lucky numbers, strange events that we all have, omens, you know, good luck. Good fortune, bad luck. A lot of people think that their lives are are bad. You know what I mean? They can't get out of right. the gene, and we don't want like they're known. I just want everybody know. You look at patterns like in your chart, squares of ninety degrees or oppositions. Everything can be there for a higher purpose. And the yes. old astrology of this is bad or that, or again Mercury retrograde. As I keep telling Debbie. You
1: know, it isn't
2: bad. It, we just have to sort of maneuver with it and understand what are the positive cycles or when does Mercury go out of retrograde? What can we learn from it? How can you elect as favorable times as you can for jobs or, you know, relationships or moving here and there or attending a conference or, you know, uh, doing everything. of Again, w- do what you love. The money will follow. You know, your, your success will follow. Whatever it is, whether it's monetary or your life purpose, but you need to be able to love as much as you can what you're doing and what your skill sets are. Or if you have to shift out of a you know, regular job. I never tell people to quit a job, by the way. You know, if you're in this economy, if you're earning something, even if you're not happy, you've got hobbies and you can turn hobbies into a second career, you know, and do things virtually and do things from at home. And there's so many ways that people are now doing that. So, you know, I want to honor that as well. Right. Okay. Um, I will let you go and um, share anything. Any closing
1: <laughs> word?
2: <laughs> What's the word <laughs> or thought? Because you, you said earlier, you know, you see, a lot of these things are a thought, right? Comes as an, yeah. a thought, right? Um, have we have we covered things? You know, in this first one, I realize I tend to go more big picture all over the place to bring everything and you have specific events and experiences that you're bringing to, you know, what we're sharing. You know, people, places, right. experiences that give people the identification of like a personal story.
0: Right, right. Yeah, no, no. Uh I, you know, like like I said, I I just wanted to share enough just to give people an understanding just wondering how things were, you know, when we pass and what people see, what people experience and stuff, you know, just to provide anybody with, you know, some peace.
2: It's fascinating that you also mentioned about aging, you know, in the other dimension and changing kind of as you see things. As I brought up, you know, the Tibet master said there are materials made on other levels that human beings would be fascinated and the charts that exist for us as souls and spirits that exist on like an inner level. And, I so appreciate what you're sharing and so many of the things you said to me earlier and during this sharing about the reality of what is going on on the other levels to bring people out of fear to be able to pass pass over, you know what I mean? Right? The, the, the worst thing is if one can't get away from all these fears and attachments, you know, of loss and so on and not realize their loved ones are are with them. 24 7 through their thoughts and ideas and their presence right Right. and yet they don't know for sure 100 percent and what can we do through dreams writing our dreams down accessing our ideas and believing in all of these things you know having faith having trust um that this is all real and not some imagination you know that we're going off kilter right Okay. Well, next time, everybody, um, so we'll do a part two. Thank you so much, Debbie, for being a part of all this. Love and blessings to you and your family and everybody listening out there. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Bye for now.